Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, we are 12 days into Sober October. I apologize the podcast is late today. It is Wednesday. I say I, say I release it on Wednesdays, but I know some of you guys need it for your Wednesday morning. I, I apologize. That is going to be rectified. We are The reason it is late is we are redoing the man cave as we speak. Uh, for sure uh, is the brand, Shore Arms, so the mic... Mike's sounds will always be close to someone's face. No one holding the mic away from their face and talking. Uh, four high-end, I forget what kind of microphones. What kind of microphones are there, babe? Do you know? Sure. No, I don't know. Uh, four, I think Sure also, Sure microphones uh, that are, uh, I think, six times more expensive than these microphones. They have external power sources, so they will be, uh, the audio will be fantastic in this man cave. We have a mixing board. We have a, a desktop that will be running into the desktop. I still will have my H6 for backup, uh, but it will just be running onto a card in the H6 just for backup. <laughs> I'm super excited. I got four of the best mic cords money can buy. You're still going to hear horn, horns honking in the background sometimes or chicken squawking. Or uh, jack-in-the-box drive through But we're about to clean the man cave. And in doing all, I disconnected everything and didn't realize I didn't put out the podcast. So I apologize. Day 12 of Sober October. It's going good. Uneventful. I wish it was more eventful. I just was in therapy. And I just said, I wish there was more of an epiphany in this. There isn't. I feel good. I feel really good. Uh, I'm really happy. You know, I I just... Uh, well, you know what? Sometimes epiphanous moments aren't um, don't come with like fireworks and explosions. Yeah. I'm just very happy. I'm exactly. very happy. I'm, I'm having a really good time this month. And you're month. super grounded and you feel good and... I feel great. You I'm can working party out like crazy. Without it. Yeah. I, well, I, well, I will say the only time I've wanted um, booze this month, like genuinely been like, ah, it would have been cool, was at the Rams game. The Rams game was a lot of well, fun. Yeah, that's it was a lot of fun. I say to the end of the game, it was a really fun game to watch. I ate like a fucking lunatic. I've been eating a little more intense than I normally eat. A little more maniacal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've lost. I haven't really. I lost like two pounds. That's it. I thought I'd be like eleven pounds down. Well, you look thinner. Your belly's. I look out. thinner. My body's shape. I've, as everyone knows, uh, I did measurements at the beginning of this month. Uh, I so I have. Yeah, I did measurements for my body this month. So I'll measure my body at the end of the month. I've deflated a tad bit, um, but I'm working out harder. Tom and I are going to hot yoga number six today. I think Ari's on six, maybe seven by now. Uh, Joe's on six. And uh, hot yoga has been fun. It's been it's fun. It's been fun to hang out with Tommy. Just every three times a week, we just hang out for two hours and bullshit. That's been fun. Hot yoga is really. I'm really enjoying it. It's gotten easier. Not per se the moves, but the class is shorter in my opinion. Meaning ninety minutes really flies by. So I got that at twelve thirty. We're cleaning the man cave and rewiring the entire thing today. So you will know a marked difference in next week's podcast. You will. Hopefully you'll notice it. If you don't notice it, don't fucking say, I can't tell a difference. You should have just saved yourself $25,000. Well, maybe not that much money. You just, look, I get to I tell whatever narrative yeah, whatever no, narrative but- I want to tell them. I want them to feel like they got $25,000 of better listening. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But it's been fun. I'm glad all you guys are doing it. I've been getting, uh, getting notes from you guys. Will Noonan uh, hit me up and said that he has not been smoking, which I'm. that's so much harder than not drinking. Uh, I got the thing I miss the most is probably I, this sounds silly because I never do it, but I kind of miss marijuana. Like I like I, I don't really. I'm a big drinker. 
I don't smoke marijuana a lot, but there are times where you go, oh, I could take a little hit of weed and brighten up the day, go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss Xanax, <laughs> but I don't really miss booze as much Me. as I thought I would. Uh, I'm in Chicago on the 19th through the 21st uh, of this month. Are they... You can't even hear it. Uh, the 19th through 21st of this month in Chicago is Schaumburg. Uh, five shows. They're going to be great. I think the Saturday shows are late Saturday, late Friday are almost sold out. So get your tickets now. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The following week on the 27th, I will be I will be there on the 26th, by the way. I'm flying in the 26th to do Doug Stanhope's podcast uh, on the evening of the 26th with the Bisbee crew. I can't wait. And, uh, and sober though sober and then Doug is going to be doing my call and stick to work show the next morning and he said he'd be my designated drinker <laughs> so uh, so we will be partying I, I maybe I'll be off the wagon by then who fucking knows no you won't I, I won't be I say I won't like I said to my therapist today I said I won't I'm not gonna fall off the wagon but I, and I realize now why he said I shouldn't do this challenge why is he goes uh, he goes yeah of course you won't because it's spite for all the people that said you couldn't do it. Of course you'll do it. And that will have gotten you no closer to what it's like to live a healthy lifestyle because you're only doing it out of spite. Ah. And I went, oh, good call. I think there will be lifestyle changes for me. I know that I've enjoyed working out. Yesterday I ran six miles in under an hour, and that for me has been a big goal. I've got a half, I'm doing a half marathon in St. Petersburg on the 19th of November. It's called the Run Fest. If you want to sign up for it, go to St. Pete Run Fest. And then when it says team, click team machine. Uh, Cowhead's going to be doing it with me. I think he's going to get a golf cart, though. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Galvin. Shout out to Ralphie. Miss you, Ralphie. Mm. If you're listening to this, Ralphie, please uh, like, rate, and review the podcast. Shut up. <laughs> you were on it once. I think twice, maybe. Um, I released all the old episodes. I made them available. So if you want to listen to any old episode, all 255 episodes are available on iTunes. You can get them all. Wow. Uh, yeah, I just I was like, I don't know why I'd done it so that you couldn't. And people were like, I want to hear the I want to hear podcasts again, and I did too. So I was like, oh, so I wanted to listen to Ralphie's to be done. Well, for some people who just discovered you, which, yes, there are people like me who just started listening to podcasts, you want to start from the beginning, sort of. Yeah. I mean, there's the early podcasts are, I think, more organic than what they are now. I think they're, these are a little more focused. A little, I think these are probably much better. Obviously, I've gotten better in 255. Um, if you want to know what bad audio sounds like, go back to the early ones and go to any one of the ones with Joey Diaz. Because Joey Diaz... You'd be shocked he speaks into a microphone for a living. <laughs> He's just moving up. Oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> so that's why. And, but I'm really excited for the new setup of the Man Cave. We're going to get live stream it. Uh, it's going to come up on, on YouTube. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to set a Patreon account up. And I, as soon as I live stream it, it'll go up on YouTube. And if you're a Patreon member, you will be able to download it. You'll be able to watch it immediately. Um, we're in talks about my next hour special. Hopefully we'll come to a, uh, we'll, we'll come to a, a platform. And a and a deal that everyone's in agreement with and everyone's excited about. I know for a fact that I have a lot of fans in Australia, Canada, UK, Ireland, and and I understand that you guys can't see it on stuff like Showtime. I get that. Um, I do understand that that kind of takes people like Showtime out of the running for me doing a special right. because I got so much of a flack. My question now is: Do we release it just for free so you guys can get it and just let you guys have the new material? So that it it builds a fire under my ass to write a new hour, 
or do we find a new platform or do we go to Netflix or I mean I don't know. I don't know what's what everyone's listening where everyone's finding their material. Oh shit. Speaking of which, Mother Inferior, Christina Pajinski or Christina P as she decided to become a black comic. Uh Christina P is uh on Netflix right now. You can stream it right now. Uh she's going to be on the podcast I think next week or the week after. But check out her special. Uh Christina P if you don't know is Tom S.'s wife, uh, and they have a podcast called Your Mom's H. So, so uh, check out or Christina that's Deep B. Oh, that's Deep B. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. I think she should do that with all her stuff. Um, but yeah, check out the podcast. Check out her, her hour special, Mother Inferior on Netflix, and then share it. Just share it with everyone. That's how the word of mouth is fucking amazing. That's why part of the reason anyone's coming out to my shows is word of mouth. I, I put out that machine story and the Rachel Ray. I had to take them all down, but except for the machine. But people just shared it with them, and that was very sweet of you guys, and that got me a lot of new people to my shows. So thank you. Yeah. Um, big announcements coming up. Uh, I will announce them. We have a touring call. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. The big, we have, okay. Yeah. I um, didn't know what the big announcement. I don't know what Big announcements coming up. We have Theoretically, we have four big announcements coming up. We just got to wait for them. But uh, I want you to know that your boy's working hard. Sober October, baby. In this podcast, you're going to hear Chris Titus challenge me. And have you done anything toward that challenge? No, I've been working on me. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron. You know that we're going to take a minute to just pontificate about how much we love Blue Apron. It's just, at this point, a bit ridiculous. But... It is. But we had... We called dinner Blue Apron. Are you making a Blue Apron tonight? Yeah, every, yeah, it is, yeah. It's like a verb. But um, uh, we made provolone burgers last night. They were the best burgers ever. I ate mine without a bun, and it was still fucking fantastic. I don't know fantastic. why, because all I put in the, in oh. the meat was salt and pepper. What? Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, why the burgers are so good? Can I tell you what they had Leanne do with the buns? Oh. They, you grill the burgers in uh, olive oil, I think. In a skillet. In a you skillet. You don't grill it, you fry you, you it. You skillet, and then the cheese kind of crusts up because it falls off to the side. And then you pull the burgers off, let them rest. And then Leanne uh, fried the bread in the, in the bacon, or the olive oil butter or olive oil where are you coming up with these whatever ingredients whatever, what, it was it was the olive oil and the meat dripping oh my gosh she grilled the bread in there it was and it looked ridiculous. so fucking good it was good. so good it was the best burger i've ever had and i made it in my own kitchen and it was less than 10 bucks a person this october blue apron celebrating its fifth anniversary by bringing back its top 20 recipes throughout the past five years Shut so up. yeah really as picked by us, the Blue Apron community. Your favorite Blue Apron recipes are back on the menu for a limited time only. Guys, if you have not tried this... Now's the time. Now's the time because these are the I'm best. I'm so excited. Blue Apron is all about giving people fresh recipes to explore as they learn how to cook new dish after new dish, which is why, and a lot of people don't realize this, they don't repeat recipes within one calendar year. Right. Oh, fuck yeah. This is what makes... This limited to dime offer so exciting. So try out Blue Apron's all-time customer favorites by going to blueapron.com slash birdcast. I say that to you right now so that you can know what the verbiage is. Go to blueapron.com slash birdcast. But I will say, everything's sourced responsibly. All the practices for all the produce is regenerative. Blue Apron is fucking fresh, and they deliver to 99% of the continental U.S., they say cooking builds a strong family together. I believe that. I believe eating 
is a strong family. When I come to you and I say, I don't have whores for daughters, it is Blue Aprons. Uh, Blue Apron brought that to us. <laughs> Thanks, Blue Apron. It's affordable, it's flexible, it's easy, and it's guaranteed. Affordable, every meal is under $10 per person. Flexible, they you can customize these recipes to your what you like, and it's easy. No meal is over 40 minutes. The guarantee is that every ingredient that you get arrives fresh and ready to cook, and you can make it right then, right there. Put it in the fridge, wait a couple days. We've got Blue Aprons on standby. That we And we go, what do we got today? Last night, Georgia called, Dad, what blue apron do you want? Enchiladas or burgers? I want enchiladas. She goes, enchiladas wins, Daddy. It was, they were great, too, weren't they? they were, those enchiladas were fucking they phenomenal. They were really good with the tomatillos. Oh, oh, so good. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first free meal with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash birdcast. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredibly home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. BlueApron.com slash BurtCast. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I love Blue Apron. I do, too. Almost as much as I love ZipRecruiter. Oh, ZipRecruiter, indeed. I'll tell you right now. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job with hundreds of webs leading job. Let's start that over. Yeah, let's start that over. I, I have a hard time reading. Yeah, you do have a hard time reading. You're dyslexic. Are you going to need a great talent for your business, but short on time? Do you have to get... You don't have to get lost in a huge stack oh of resumes to find your perfect hire. All you need is the right tools. What if you can hire... What if you can make hiring easier? More streamlined, less time-consuming. So even when you're busy, you can still be smart about the way you hire. If you're hiring, you know what qualities hires keeps your business... i got to start this fucking read-over. Yeah, you do. Can you do this, Reed? Yeah. I, I guess they don't want that. Let's just talk about it for a minute. No? This podcast is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you in need of great talent for your business but short on time? Do you feel like uh, resumes get lost in huge stacks and you're missing the perfect hire? Do you need the right tools, smarter tools? What if hiring could be easier? What if I said, hey, man, I could make it more streamlined, less time-consuming? If you're busy, let's make it smart about the way you hire. If you're hiring, you know that that quality hires keeps your business moving forward. That quality hires keeps your business moving forward. Jesus Christ. Maybe you need to hire someone that can read for you. Uh, By the way. We should use ZipRecruiter and put up a fucking ad and go, hey, would you like to read my ZipRecruiter ads? <laughs> and then find out how quality... That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Are you idea. in LA and you want to read my ZipRecruiter ads? And yeah. you can come on the podcast. And talk about what job you're looking for. Yeah. Maybe. Pitch yourself a little bit. I like that. And we I like bring that them too. In and we do a ZipRecruiter... I'm the worst at fucking reading. So maybe we yeah, do a ZipRecruiter ad to hire the person. Because with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 web... Leading job boards in just one click. Am I reading this bad again? Yes. So you can rest easy knowing your job is being seen by the right candidates. By the way, if you're a good reader, fucking, we're putting, Leanne, are you putting this up today? I can put it up, yeah. Leanne's putting up an ad, looking for someone to read my next ZipRecruiter ad. Right. Okay. We will hire you. Uh, The pay is minimal, if nothing. (laughs) It's nothing. The pay is nothing. (laughs) Yeah, you just, and you'll find out where I live. But you get to pitch yourself. Like, I am in LA and I am blah, blah, blah. You know what? We'll have Halston do it. Halston will go out and meet them with the 
the H6. Yeah. And and they'll do their read for totally. the birdcast. Totally. Uh, Halston, if you don't know, is the person that's uh, setting up the man cave. And he will be on some of the podcasts. On the larger ones, he'll be running the board, listening to make sure the levels are right. What uh, a great name, Halston. Yeah. Right? Oddly enough, I didn't find him on ZipRecruiter. He was walking down the street and saw me and Isla having a catch and me yelling at Isla. And he was like, Bert? <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting, so you receive the best possible matches. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidate to find you. It finds them. You can even get a head start on the interview process by adding screening questions to your job post to help identify the most qualified candidates. Like I'm going to say, do you speak many languages? I'd like you to read this in Spanish. También. También. Yeah. Do you speak Russian? I'd like you to read this in Russian. Corazón. Corazón. That means good. You don't have to waste time sorting through stacks of resumes to find the perfect fit. No wonder 80% of the employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in the site in just one day. And the easy-to-use ZipRecruiter dashboard lets you manage your hiring process from start to finish all in one place. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We will be looking for someone to read this ZipRecruiter ad. We will be posting an ad on ZipRecruiter, finding someone to read the next ZipRecruiter ad we have coming up. That will happen. Go be the person to read it on my podcast. If you have a great reading voice... By the way, if you're not in LA and you have recording tools, you can and you we hire you. You can. We, by the way, well, we're looking no for hire. If you volunteer, we're not paying it. We're not paying it, but this, the, is, a, this yeah. is a yeah volunteer for hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified jam, job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. One more time. Try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. Uh, I'm about to use this next sponsor uh, as soon as we clean the man cave. Beachbody is fucking awesome. I'm going to I'm gonna read their offer details. I'm going to say the stuff they have in there. But I'm going to tell you about my experience with Beachbody. It's fucking easy. You download all the workouts on your phone. You don't need to stream them anymore. You can download them on your phone. Bring them into the hotel gym and do a shoulder, a bi, a back, a chest. Chest is a little complicated in my opinion. Uh, I don't do chest. I only wait till I go to a gym to do chest. You can do legs. You can do all the different workouts you want. They've got a massive platform. All the P90X. Uh... Uh, what are the what, which ones do they have on here, Leanne? They've got P90X, Pio, T25, 21 Day Fix, Insanity. All of it is on your tablet, on your computer. Throw it up on your big screen in the man cave through Apple TV and work out with these guys. Um, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm all over the map, but I'm just t- speaking from the heart here. Well, it's really impressive how many different types of workouts you can access through this one. One portal of the beach body on demand. Yes. And this month I've had nothing but free time because I haven't been drinking. So I will come into the man cave. I've got three sets of weights. They're very, they're fixed weights, meaning like uh, I got tens, twenties, and thirties. And I use them. I also have a I have the W bar, the the curl easy curl bar, and I use them to do these workouts. I love doing it. 
So for those of you who don't know, Beachbody on Beachbody on Demand is an online fitness streaming service that gives you unlimited access to a wide variety of highly effective world class workouts, personalized to meet your needs. Plus, extensive nutritional content. I should really utilize their nutritional content. Yeah. What I'm doing right now is trying not to eat within 12 hours, like not eat for you 12 mean hours. Overnight. Yeah. Yeah. All proven to help people achieve their health and fitness goals with step-by-step program guides, workout calendars, comprehensive nutrition plans, and an innovative portion control-focused cooking show, Fixate, and the motivation and support of a growing community. Beachbody On Demand is the total package. Pio, P90X, Insanity, 21-Day Fix, T25, 3-Day Yoga Retreat. By the way, when when I get off of this hot yoga thing I'm doing... I'm gonna use. I really enjoy yoga classes in a by myself. You like do? On, I love yoga classes by myself in a hotel room. Really, yoga really does help my brain out. It really does. Anyway, you get the whole platform with this offer. That's the point you need to know. Try it out. That's look. I'm not gonna fucking waste your time. You know what working out is. You know that they have all these brands. They've got cooking shows. They've got everything. I enjoy it. Try it out. And this don't be afraid. You don't have to be an athlete. They have low-impact workouts for almost every workout on the portal. And the, and the cooking stuff, the nutrition stuff is all new. They literally have over 100 recipe videos where you'll learn how to prep your meals, cook for your kids, vegan-friendly meals, even practice, practice bartending skills. Whoa. Oh, not this month, Beachbody. Skinny margarita. The, the thing is, with someone like me who travels a lot, this thing's invaluable. If yeah, you do travel a lot, totally. this is invaluable. You do have the hotel gyms, but quite honestly, sometimes you're like, wait, I don't know what I'm going to do in the gym. You bring in Beachbody. It's on your phone. You got your headsets. I got the wireless bows. And so I throw my phone over in the corner and I listen to the workout. Um, this is a brand new service, but it already has over a million members. My listeners right now can get a free trial membership. Just text BERT, B-E-R-T, to 303030 and get full access to this entire platform for free. That's BERT, B-E-R-T, to 303030, and you get access to this entire platform for fucking free. Check it out. It's Beachbody. You know the brand. You love it. Holy shit. How many fucking ads do we have? All Things Comedy Festival, this, I already talked about it, All Things Comedy Festival, this month. This is copy written by Bill Burr. You ready to hear how Bill Burr talks to you? (laughs) Here we go. All Things Comedy Festival. We're having our first All Things Comedy Festival at the end of the month, October 26th through the 29th in Phoenix, Arizona, exclamation point. Nice. That was probably Al put the exclamation point. I'm going to be there doing my call and sick to work show on the 27th. Bill Burr. Uh, he wrote Bill Burr, the greatest in stand-up ever. Ah. Why would he say that? Oh, I missed the big dick. Bill Burr will be recording his first ever live Monday morning podcast. I'm going to that. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, because it's Bill not doing material. It's him doing his podcast. Yeah, I love his rant. podcast. Yeah. I had to stop listening to his podcast because I was fucking found myself hearing ideas he had and then thinking I came up with them. Doug Stanhope is going to be there. I told you this the night before in the Orpheum Theater. I will be there with Doug Stanhope on the 26th. I am the 27th. Ari Shafir, Jen Kirkman, the Crab Feast. Guys We Fucked are also in the lineups. We are taking over downtown Phoenix with a pop-up podcast studio. The whole network's going to be there. Everyone's going to be there. If you're in Phoenix, come fucking hang with us. Go to allthingscomedy.com for your tickets. By the way, that was written by Rachel Garcia. Sorry, Bill. I thought Bill wrote that. Rachel Garcia wrote it. Uh, check it out. We're going to be there in Phoenix. Come party with us. I think we're going to be there for the whole weekend. Ari and I are going to be doing hot yoga. If you guys want to come to hot yoga with Ari and I, 
You're more than welcome to. I think Ari likes having people, fans, show up at Hot Yoga. Also, last but certainly not least, this is laughable.com. It's a 23-minute intro read. There's a lot of ads. Uh, make sure you just subscribe uh, to Laughable. And subscribe directly to me in Laughable so you can get all my guest appearance as they come out. Laughable has now started selling tickets to live shows. None of mine yet, but hopefully we'll get there soon. So subscribe to me and your other favorite comedians and artists now so you can stay up to speed on their podcasts and their live shows. iPhone users get the app at laughable.com slash download. If you've already been using Laughable and you've been enjoying it, do me a favor. Leave them a five-star review. That really matters because when you look at apps in the App Store and you see the reviews, you go, oh, this – like I I just got this one. I got it off uh, Instagram, but uh, it was – I forget what it's called, but it it basically checks your the rate you run at and then it plays songs at that rate. Oh, that's cool. And I looked at it and it had – like I had a, a few thousand reviews and I was uh, five stars and I was like, oh, okay, this must be legit. Right. So I ended up buying it. Right. Um, so if you enjoy Laughable, do them a solid and just give them a five-star review on the app thing so more people get them. Laughable.com slash Android is where Android users can sign up for the wait list. And they're working on Android, every, and, uh, on Android everybody. But it, it's great. Um, I've had a problem with iTunes. I've always been an iTunes guy. I've had a problem with them when I get ready to go on planes is I go to download the thing and they go, not available. And I'm like, it's fucking available. Why aren't you letting me listen to this? I don't get that problem on Laughable. So Laughable is my go-to when I get on a plane. I download my podcast there, listen to them on the plane there, and now I'll be able to go on and click on comics I like and get tickets to the show. Shows. I don't buy tickets to comic shows, but I know that's valuable because of you, course. you'd like to go and go, hey, when, when the fuck is Chris D'Elia coming here? Yeah, it's just I love one his, stop. Yeah. It's like one stop shopping. His podcast. Uh, I love his podcast. I'm going to check him out. When's Rogan coming here next? When's Tommy here next? Super easy. Well, not just that. If, if you are on someone else's podcast, you can search and find them through Laughable. I got to post this motherfucking podcast. Son. Yes. Uh, today's guest is one of the greatest storytellers stand-up comedy has ever had in the business. There's no question about that. Um, he had a he had a sitcom called Titus for years, and it changed the parameters of how people made television. He he's he's an OG in the business. He's got a new movie coming out called uh, Special Unit. What is it called? Special Unit. I just he just I was supposed to go to the premiere last night, but I was with Isla and Encino watching. Uh, let's see, Chris. Uh, we talk about it on the on the podcast, but um. Special unit. It's on iTunes. So if you want to avoid all the corporate overlords, just go to Apple uh, TV or go to ChrisTitus.com and watch it. We'll talk about it on the podcast. Um, but he's the, one of the best storytellers, and I love picking his brain about storytelling. And he's had so many relationships with so many guys in this business that I've looked up to and admired. I mean, we start off by spending like the first 20 minutes talking about Rogan and how much we love him. So, um, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast, Christopher Titus. This is... Talking that mic? Check two, one, I two. Think I think our levels are perfect. I just did this with Brian Callen the other day, and it seemed perfect. He's a funny cat. Brian Callen's a really interesting dude. Yeah. Um, I find that this looks so pro- I, on the video. Yeah. My wife put the horns up there. I was like, like I'm a hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Man I, cave. I followed this kid, this guy, um, Adam Greentree. He's a hunter. Rogan had tweeted about him. Right. 
I followed his journey hunting through Colorado and Montana. Rogan's actually only eating stuff he killed now, right? Yeah. He only... <laughs> he's a very complex dude. Like, and I, I love him like a brother, but man, he is... Uh, he is me and him are very, very... I just got off the phone with him. Right. Um, like two seconds. He says hi, by the way. Yeah. He said he saw you at the House of Blues in San Diego. Did he? Uh, he said yeah, you, you guys yeah. were doing two different shows. Yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I fucking love Titus. Tell him I said hi. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, we're doing this Sober October uh, challenge where I don't drink or do drugs for the month. And uh, so is Ari, so is Tom. And Joe initially was going to do it. And then he was like, I'm not, not smoking weed. And so he just tapped out the first day. <laughs> so, he, he can't get into the chamber sober. You can't get in the chamber. without. No. Who the fuck wants to, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. You're getting in the chamber. You can't. I, I get it. Joe, Joe, Joni, there's, he told me one time we talked about it. and he just. We you guys are the same class, right? You guys started, like, rough, came to L.A. at the same time. I don't know. I don't, you know, Rogan was, well, Rogan got, got that, got the TV show. He got the uh, news radio. And uh, he was a, he was a kind of a god. I mean, you know, he was one of the, of that group. He was was one of the first guys to really get on TV and, and be great at it, yeah. and uh, and 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 then you know he's uh, talk about a complex guy. When I when I the more I found out about Joe, like 16 years old, he was the World Taekwondo Championship. That's always funny when I see someone online talking shit about Joe. Yeah. I just shake my head like you guys. Literally, there's 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 there, you have no survival instinct. It's, and Joe would never do anything good because I've seen guys I've seen video where guys went after him and Joe just walks away. Yeah, because he because he's got the confidence of. Uh, of an assassin he can if i want to yeah. <laughs> you're a dead man but it's, he's it's, with, he's a really intense guy and he and he, he hey. it doesn't take anything lightly like he, you know I, we just started so the challenge is we do that we don't drink we don't do, and then we do hot yoga 15 times this month wow bikram so it's 90 minutes it's 26 poses it's fucking me and tom segura have been doing it uh this week and we're fucking white so out. what kicked this off you need to tell me what kicked this off me okay i Fucking challenge these guys to a marathon. <laughs> By the way, I, I don't. I don't think I saw how idiotic this was at the time. Because <laughs> even I'm going. You know, I'm pretty. I'm like, oh, really, nothing. Like, at all you guys, it's it's like a, this group of guys, though. Yeah, it's like basically saying uh, to to a bunch of circus clowns. Okay, from now on, we're we're wearing three piece suits every day. Yeah, we're gonna show up. We work with briefcases, and nobody's <laughs> funny. God damn it, nobody. Yeah, if anyone picks up confetti, that's it. You're out. Yeah, you know. It, so I challenged them to a marathon, at which they all fucking laughed at, and then they were like, I bet you couldn't drink for 90 days i was like i could not drink for 90 days and then i was like how about 30 let's do 30 that's more <laughs> like, wrap my head around that <laughs> i start, can't do 90 hey, let's dial this back bitches let's, can we just who the back? fuck wants to look at 90 days that's a prison sentence oh, you miss christmas all that other stuff yeah oh, oh, oh. Yeah, right right so uh we did 30 days and then joe added 15 classes of hot yoga because he was i think i think maybe his perspective was uh was your body's a fucking mess. You need to write. You need to straighten it up. Right. And so sweat um, it out. Yeah. Get the toxins out. I am so m- the point. The reason we were talking is that my blood pressure went from like one forty over ninety five on th- on Wednesday. Oh, I saw it. I saw the to, tweet. yeah to I like one twenty six over sixty nine today. Last night. Last night. That's a, by the way. If you know anything about blood pressure, end of the day blood pressure is always higher than morning blood pressure. Right. So. Uh, and, and I feel really great. And so we were just bullshitting. Also, Los Angeles blood pressure is higher than Portland blood pressure. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and much higher than Boulder, Colorado oh, blood definitely. pressure. De- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nashville blood pressure? Yeah. Through the fucking roof. <laughs> Through the roof all the time. And they're happy with yeah. that. Because you never uh, know when they're coming for you. But, yeah, we were talking about uh, about 
it's I, the thing I was going to say is it's it's really tough because to, he's a he's my friend, but he's also he's also a a guy who doesn't doesn't do anything without a little introspection or a little little bit of self awareness. So it's, when he levies advice to you, you should definitely listen to it. But he's also your friend, so you're like I got I got to. I got to compartmentalize who I listen to when I listen. Like he's like, I would, I'm not going to share our conversation because yeah. I don't want people to hear it. But like, but you just got to go. I'm yeah. You're also hey, my buddy. We, we call Joe a warrior guru. He's a, like a warrior guru at times, man. There's some stuff that he's he said some sh- like he offered me to give him. One, uh, we were at the improv and he just real quick talked, and we were talking about the whole thing with with it was a while ago talking about the Carlos thing and and. Uh, I said something to him, and he and he he brought it back. And then I said, "How are you still doing the tank?" And he goes, "Yeah, I got an old one. You want my old tank?" And I remember thinking, first of all, don't know what to do with the tank. Second yeah. of all, don't know if I want to visit the places you visit. Oh, I don't. <laughs> he told me a couple times, and I was like, I don't know if I want to go there to another uh, civilization that lives. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. That's like that's part of the thing of like of like you got to levy your friendship with him with this. Him being a little older than me and having gone through things, and he's like, "Yeah, man, you need to you need to take, eat a lot of edibles, like a like a totemic amount of edibles, and then get in this tank and and talk to the fucking aliens." And I'm like, "I don't want to do that. Like, I really like. I'm 44. <laughs> I got kids. I got a family. It's not something that's in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Like, I just want to have a nice little buzz and." My wife, my uh, my new wife, uh, she she did she she went through a drug phase uh, when she was in her teens, and she had done she's done everything at least once. Yeah. Doesn't do anything anymore. And uh, I said, you know, I never did uh, any psychedelics. I should probably do it. And she grabbed me and said, No, really, you. I know you. I've been around you years. You cannot do psychedelics. I'm like, What is going to happen? She goes, It opens your mind to. So you already you already think weird. You're. She said it will open your mind to a place that you don't want to go. Yeah. And and I got scared. I was like, and, but then I, the other part of me is like, oh, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Did you do it? No, I did. I haven't. I haven't. I, need, I think I need to get some straps and stuff. Put, strap me to something. I don't know what I'll do. She she's um. She says, I know you. And, and, and then she would do this, like we'd be in public with friends, and she'd go, uh, hey, uh, what do you think about him doing psychedelics? And everybody who'd done it would go, no. 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 I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, what is my personality? That I'm, the, I'm the one yeah. that, oh, no, not him. I, I like, I enjoyed psychedelics, um, but I always took them on like a threshold level. I never went like, I never went deep. I never wanted to, I remember I had a buddy, Ben, who was like, who was like I want to see Christ tonight. And I was like, I don't. I don't. I just want to giggle. <laughs> right. I had a conversation with a tree. I didn't know it was a female. Right. Like I was like, like I like that kind of stuff. I don't want to go too deep. Um, you want to go to basic, basically uh, Grateful Dead jazz fusion level. You don't want to go beyond that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Jay Moore one time, and I, Jay and I aren't close anymore. But he, he, I do think he's a very funny guy. Jay Moore one time said, uh, "I just, and I thought this was really brilliant." He goes, "I just want to get high enough to enjoy a baseball game." <laughs> And I, I literally perfect. I've thought of that <laughs> phrase so many times, but uh, but yeah, you're you're in the generation I would say of like I always look at um, comedy as classes, like uh, like the, my senior classes, my the like I think right now I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a solid junior. Meaning, when, nah, meaning like, you well, no, you actually I think let, let's if, let's go by school years. If the, if that's what you would say, so, that so the, so you're the, in the senior class. So the kids the kids that just broke into yeah. all the clubs. Are, are you could freshmen. actually walk in. Yes, you could walk into a club tonight and slap an open micer, and 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 he and he would be like, "Oh my God, Burke Kreischer slapped me!" Like it would be. I don't know about that, but like, <laughs> but if you walked into a club, you're definitely a senior. Rogan's a senior. David Spade's a senior. Yeah. Um, that's the senior class. The guys who I think everyone respects. 
Well, that's that. I, you know, it's funny as a comic. If you if you actually feel like people respect me, then you stop being a comic. You know, you oh, always yeah, if you I go, yeah, yeah, I'm respected. Fucking no fucking way am I respected. <laughs> maybe the next thing I do, maybe, maybe. But the thing with the classes is, like, and half of it sucks anyway. You know, like I like yeah. yeah. There's a part of there's a part of the class the classes. When I say class system, I don't mean like class system like socially, but like the class system: senior, junior, sophomore, freshman. Where, where it is due to age of where of how old you are when you started, and I think that what's what I find fascinating when I, to bring it back to you and Joe is that you guys rubbed the class system where you were in the sitcom development phase where big development deals were thrown around. Yeah, you got into a sitcom that was your that was the that was the plan of attack. I was a generation behind. I was a class behind that, and that I was a part of that hierarchy of like getting the development deal the money was less and then i was also a part of the i was my class was the class that killed the development deal right and so then That's there's true. the class behind me well you guys didn't kill it executives killed it you guys yeah the talent was the same i mean some of the comics now are like just just as good as anybody ever right. yeah D- ex- dumb executives and when they started getting executives were 19 they go, you know you're an executive you're current he's fucking 19 How yeah. do he doesn't know shit about comedy he's never written a joke he's a lawyer yeah, yeah you know and so when, when when executives got to the point where they started making decisions not based on funny started making decisions based on political correctness and de- based on what what three hip people in that went to uh, some nightclub in LA the night before thought was good uh, and they stopped thinking about the rest of the country that's what that's what killed the deals and it's and I think what's also fascinating Thing is, I find that um, so that was my class, uh, and I think even though Segura is in my class, I would say that Segura is a generation below me. Meaning, he never got the development deals, so they had to come up with stuff of their own. Right. And so, in a weird way, your class and Segura's class, and I, I don't, I hate to use Segura as an example because he's not really that example. I'd say maybe like Pete Holmes, uh, like T.J. Miller, like, but just younger than me, and they're all in my class, but like. Uh, you, I got left in the me and like Sam Tripoli and Ari Shafir got left in the in the middle child. middle track of yeah. like of like we were still looking for development deals but not creating our own stuff. You guys had done it, we're done with it. You had already you were like exhausted with it, and you were like, I'm, I don't want to go back through development. I don't want to be cast as the next door neighbor. I want to do my own shit. Right, and that, I think both you, Joe Corolla, um, Mark Marin, all you guys were like, I'm fucking done. And you created your own stuff. I remember you saying to me one time you were talking about – the last time we talked, you were talking about um, theater deals. And I, I don't know if we talked about – For a while. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know if you were – we had talked about this on the podcast or off podcast. Yeah. But you're like, you have no fucking idea. At the time, I wasn't doing theaters. And I was like – in my head, I was like, I don't know. I don't want the response. Now I look at theater deals and I go – I four-walled a, a, the, crow's ne- the, crow, the crow's nest right. in – Detroit, right? Walked away with a great fucking check. <laughs> there you go. Like, I was like, yeah. Someone said. Oh, someone said when we started doing this. Uh, someone said. And again, I, I go back. It, to me, the canon is Prince. Prince wrote Slave on his face not because of slavery. He wrote it because Warner Brothers had fucked him so bad for so long that yeah. he was like, I can do this on my own. Yeah. You know, Warner Brothers gave him, gave him the most beautiful girl in the world. They listened to the most beautiful girl in the world. They went, this is crap. We don't want it. Prince said, can I have the rights to it? And they said, sure. Number one song in 58 countries. Yeah. So And so that guy got fired. You know that guy got fired. But so we started I, – I just – one day I was told – you get I was shit was being talked by uh, by uh, I'm not going to name them the big theater companies the big touring companies and they were saying no way not do it not going to put butts in seats sorry fuck you and it was not cool they weren't cool about it they were like kind of my agent told me what they said exactly and I was like wow okay 
And I'm that guy. I'm more of a when you're damaged as I am and raised by the family I was raised in, you like uh, it, there's never a um, let's all get together and help. It's like, oh no, fuck you. I will show you. I'll fucking show you. Yeah, spite. So yeah, my, my, my therapist said revengeance. We were talking about we were talking about this drinking challenge, and he said. Uh, What's your motivation? And I was like, I think it's spite. And he was like, what? And I was like, I want to prove Joe, Ari, and Tom wrong that I'm, I can do this, that I'm not powerless over a fucking thing in my life, and I'll fucking run a marathon. I'll do everything. And so, so he was like, hey, motivation is motivation. Right, yeah. Yeah, vengeance is fuel, yeah. as, 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 which is a sad, which is a sad it's state. It's my career. Yeah, this yeah. chick fuck. I said this on stage the other day. This chick fuck, my best friend, uh, gave me the clap. And I was in right when I came back from Russia. I was 22 years old, and I told her before I found out I got the clap. I told her I want to be a comic. She said, "Oh, honey, you're not smart, funny. You're dumb, funny. That's oh, not how you'll never be a comedian." Oh, that irritated me just oh, now. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> wow. You know she's trying to be an actress in New York. She's my age. How's that working out for her? Not so hot. Really, bummer. Yeah, bummer. yeah. And, uh, yeah. And mate, you know why? Because she's smart, funny. That's why. Don't think that when every time I've been on TV, I haven't <laughs> thought, "Oh, she sees this." <laughs> there's people like literally. There's a list I'm checking off while while, while it's airing. I'm going. Let me let's check, check. You know, I'm gonna let's see if I go Facebook and see if that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. hey man, but, how's life? But back to the four wall. And back back to the. So we. So we. So um, my. Uh, my wife, uh, who's a comic now, used to run comedy clubs, so she had a really inside track and great business head. So I said, call some theater, let's see what we can do. And when you say theater, how, how big are you talking? We, I'd figure it out. I was, we'd go from we'd go from four to. I mean, depending, you, know, you something has to blow up. Like you and Sigour both had something blow up, yeah. and you guys worked a long time. Um, I've always been this real steady, like just steady. Nothing yeah. is really like like you know the tightest for a minute. But even then, the theaters were weird. So we took over all the publicity four four to four to a thousand, depending on the theater. That's, yeah, that's great. Um, and by it, the way, that's that's uh, that's Stanhope and I got naked in the hot tub the other night. And uh, and and he was saying it's not the first time that sentence. He was reiterating exactly what you said to me, and he said, well, "What did you get paid in Denver this week?" Yeah. And I told him. He said, "You know what I get tomorrow night?" Yeah. And he told me, and I went, "Whoa!" He yeah. was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I rent it. I promote it. I do the. It's my thing." And I went, and it's and I want to say it was a four hundred seater or five hundred seater. Yeah, maybe seven. Or maybe seven. I don't know. But, but we uh, we got sent, and I can't tell you who we accidentally got sent a contract, not from my current agent, from someone else. We accidentally got sent a contract from a very big touring act that was managed and run through the, one of the big uh, companies, and the numbers were on it. And we and and and, and my wife actually called me. She's like, "I just got something sent an email. Um, I want to talk about it on the phone because it was so wrong." Yeah. And we looked at what they were charging for everything, and we started laughing because we knew what we were doing. And someone said years ago, they said about four years ago when we started doing this. Um, I asked my agent for some help, and he said the, the head of the agency won't let me help you. And I said, "Why?" And he said, "Because if this works, uh, they're out of business." It's so that's so interesting. So now you're doing it, Stanhope's doing it, I'm doing it. Well, I'm also I'm also I'm also uh, entertaining the concept of a of a legit like either uh, whoever who's. Uh, I don't want to say anyone's. Yeah, yeah no, either one like, of them. Yeah, yeah, well, one of the three. One of the three. I'm, do, I'm entertaining a, tour, a legit tour. Like, I, I wouldn't mind not having any of the headache, right? And not like, and just going. I'm out. I'm doing it. But you know, the problem is, I think that sometimes you have too much knowledge now. Now, what'll happen is you'll blow the roof off of a 1500 seater. You will then, you will then, in your head, they'll hand you a check. In your head, you will then start calculating what you could have made had you booked that, and you will be very angry on this tour. So, so, <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell you what happened? I got, I got a uh, set of offers from a company, one of the three, right? Um, 
and uh, and I looked at them and I and I and I I was like you know like I just every comic I go I'm doing theater tours I'm gonna do a theater so that's great right and so I I do the math and I start I like lay them out on this table with my wife and I was like my guarantee in Chicago at the at the improvs more than this offer and yeah. I was like that's not that's not wait that can't be right. And I start like a curtain rental for two thousand dollars, <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" I go, "I got to rent the seats. Like, I got to rent. I got to rent. Wait, I'm doing. I pay like." And I started looking. and I go, "This is what is fucking- this? What does this paint the floor charge for people walking on the floor? What is this exactly?" Yeah. And then I was like, "Turn the wait. The lights turning on cost me three grand. What?" And I and I went, "Well, this isn't. We're right. giving so people I, way too much inside baseball on this. It's, it's just way too inside baseball." And then I looked at what I could get for my percentages, and I went, "Oh, why wouldn't I?" Not leave that city for a week. Not not do Chicago, Milwaukee, whatever the run is. Chicago, right. Cleveland, Milwaukee, whatever. The, right. You know. Why wouldn't I just stay in Chicago and make that exact same money that I'd make in those three? Because what I'd have to do is Thursday night, a uh, thousand seater, uh, Friday night fifteen, Saturday night fifteen, and and I would walk with the exact same amount of money I was making in Chicago. And I swear to God, I went back to your, my conversation with you, and I've thought about our conversation. A lot because we talked about how to write. We talked about a bunch of shit that all. Oh, you don't know that 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 that, that thing we did last time. You would not believe the com- the, the people that have emailed me and com- oh. and young comics that were like, dude, and like writers that were calling me and going, holy yeah. crap! It, it, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. It, but uh, and so I looked and I went, no, no, I'm going to stick in clubs this year. And I thought about it twice in twofold. I went, I'm going to stay in clubs. First of all. The clubs have always been good to me. Always, always yep. been good to me, and always been fair. And 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 even like I'll, tell, I'll say this, or maybe I shouldn't say it. As now, I'll say his name. I don't give a fuck. Mark Grossman, uh, when I started selling tickets, was kind enough to change my deal so that it accommodated me and and didn't and didn't fuck him, but definitely didn't fuck me. And same with Dave Stroop. Same with Aaron. Wendy they Curtis all, for me. Yeah, Wendy, Wendy was Wendy, fucking Wendy great. Curtis, Dave Stroop. By the way, these are the legends, man. Mark Roseman, uh, Wendy Curtis, Dave Stroop. Dave Stroop, when I started doing Norman Rockwell, people were like, no, you're not doing that. I want you to be that happy boy comic you were. Because you remember that time I did that was 95. Seinfeld was peaking. Everybody went, I'm going to sit there going, my mom killed herself. And they were like, fucking dude, stop. And uh, and and Stroop, those three, those three people. There's some other ones. Yeah, Joel Baskin. There's Joel some, Joel Batchoff. Yeah, Batchoff. Uh, there's some. Matty Coleman. They're all. Yes. They've all been very kind to me this entire year. I think I made good business for everyone. But they're legit. But <laughs> the point is, I was. They were like, like I was somewhere. I was at DC and uh, this last week, and Allison Jaffe was like, um, I'm not. I'm not share our conversation. I don't give a fuck. She was like, listen, I know you're going to theaters next year. We know we're not going to put in an offer. We don't want you to feel bad, but you know, just wanted you to know. We're always a home to you if you ever want to come for a weekend or a drive. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I haven't really decided about theaters because I was like, there's a lot of clubs where, like, I don't think I'll ever do a theater in Phoenix. Like, no, why? Which, like, which, why, why? I can make so much money yeah. for fucking three even, nights. Yes, the money's a so here's here's what I, here's the way, here's what my thinking is with it. There's some cities though, and I always do take into account the people that have backed you. You know, I think my dad yeah. taught me a long time ago. If people, if the people that back you, back them up. The people that don't, eh, move on. They're you know they don't care yeah. either way. So Joel, there's clubs in the Phoenix. There's two great clubs in Phoenix, Tempe. Tempe that, and that and that I won't. I, there's no way I'm booking a theater in Phoenix. Yeah. I've just that guy's been too good to me. Wendy, there's no way I'm, I'm going yeah. to Denver and doing. That's that. one of the greatest clubs in the fucking world. It, it is. It is. If if not the in, Wendy in the had day. us. Me and we were naked in her uh, hot tub. Oh yeah. Me and Stanhope. Yeah. <laughs> she had us over for dinner and made us dinner. It was. She's the fucking best. She's the greatest. Yeah. Um. 
even if I did a theater, I'd do what Segura did. Segura did a theater, did two nights in a theater, and then did two shows at her club. <laughs> like, wow. Scurs movie, right? Ridiculous. That would be that would that would, that would be the way to go. But, but so so what I do is I there's t- towns I just tell the club I said, look, man, you've been too good to me. I'm not I'm not going to do it. But then everywhere else we book theaters, or we'll do a we'll, we'll go through. Dude, I'm going to do you on Wednesday. We're going to make you a ton of money on Wednesday, and then I'm going to move on, and then I'll, then I'm going to go out of town and do the theaters. Yeah. You know, there's some guys that were just good to you. I, it's it's running your own business, and I have I have two people that work for me now, and running your own business. I even have someone that does just publicity because. Um, publicists will say, "Here's how much it costs a month," and then they have 25 other clients, so they only get you only get a sliver of it. We're wait, we're really breaking. It's almost like we're doing a seminar right now on how I think how I think, to how to end show business. Really, if you think about it, to end the middle part of show business. Well, I think I think uh, you know to extend that even further. I think this will this. I think everything connects with my fans on this conversation. But one of the really fascinating things has been. Podcasting for me, yeah. Because uh, and I say this candidly, my agents and managers know this, but they, I don't think they saw the value in podcasting early on. And now no. that it's been monetized and it's it is making more money than my travel channel show, and it would it, I there isn't an. How aspect, do you monetize your podcast? Uh, I have a agent in right. in Chicago. Shout out to Nina, right? And uh, she um, she reaches out. She knows my numbers. She explains to the advertisers my numbers. The, my, my reach and then I think the real connection for those of you listening is the promo code so like I don't know what I think mm-hmm. like say Blue Apron my promo code's Burkcast. if you type in Burkcast, you get three free meals with three f- free shipping well they look at how many people use the Burkcast code and they go right. well this advertiser's advertising's working so right. let's keep it there um, ZipRecruiter there's a bunch of different uh advertisers i use beach body and they look at how many people use the promo code and then that is how people decide so if you're a fan of the podcast use the promo code and that and, and it's a connection you have with your fans well I, I i was saying to someone a friend of mine who's got a tv show or t- produced tv shows and he was like hey produces one of mine he's like we you know we should do something and i was like you know i i don't think <laughs> you I don't can't think anyone, like, no one can pay me that much money i know because that's weird. by doing stand-up and doing the podcast, I, I'm I've never made that much money in my life, and yeah. I can't I can't take myself out of that equation. That's Joey Diaz's. Joe, you you have to pay Joey Diaz through the fucking nose. Joey really? Diaz is the one of the one of the most insightful guys. He goes, dog, two weeks a fucking month. That's all you got me. Two weeks a month, and I lose everything else. I've never heard that. I was always like fucking reap the hay while it's sunshine, right, 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 sunshine, right, 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 yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um. But make that, hay while the sun shines. Make yeah. hay while the sun shines. Yeah, and so, but there—that's the whole. So now, and then I look at like guys like you who go, "I'm going to make my own movie," and I go, "That's the fucking." Because I, I said to someone, I was like, "I'd be remiss if I moved out to Hollywood and I never made a fucking movie." Well, I was thinking about Van Wilder. I was thinking that was that's your story, right? Yeah. Basically, so I and I thought was you know Ryan Reynolds is is the prettiest human being on the planet, but I thought how much a better and more fun of a movie would have been. Had you starred in it, so Barry Katz, like the way you are, and stuff, it, it, it becomes it changes the movie. Yeah. You, for, you know, Ryan Reynolds, who's the baddest motherfucker in the world, it's like putting him or Timberlake in something. You just go, well, you're already pretty perfect, and you know, you and I are just dudes. Yeah, it's Van Wilder's a better movie with you in it. <laughs> I think it, well, that was the argument we had with them with uh, when they were in development because they were like, well, Will Smith signed him to a deal. Will Smith wants him to star in something. Why wouldn't you? And they were like, he's not a movie star. And they're like, well, not until you make them one. 
Right, and, and no then, one is. Until you, by the way, I wonder what would have happened in my life. I probably, that movie probably wouldn't have been as big, and I probably would have been a flash in the pan. I would have been like Tech, who was in the movie. He was from the real world right. of Hawaii. Right. <laughs> no, well, it depends. Well, now, the great thing is that like, someone was saying, I'm always shocked when I see, and I went through my little dickhead phase with Titus for a little bit. I don't think I was a dickhead. I was just, I was kind of overworked, and I was, but I, but I did, I guess I got a little, I got a little cocky. And, uh, and it's weird how, like, you, you, if you got it that early, you may not have understood uh, winning and losing. Show business, you have to win and lose a little bit. Now, like, now, I'm like, now, if some, if I win really big, I just go, okay. If I yeah. lose really big, I go, oh, that sucks. Okay, next thing. Yeah. And, and you have to learn that. It, you know, you have, you have to have some devastating wins and losses. And you may have won too early and fucked your career up. Yeah. I had a friend, uh, I had a friend who's uh, a movie star. He was very young. And we were out partying one night. And, uh, and I thought to myself, oh, man. I said this silently. He had sold a theater. I had sold a comedy club. I had sold out, but he had sold out. He had right. like really made some solid money. <clears throat> and we were at a bar partying, and fans were there. My fans were there, but they were blown away that he was there. They are like, shut the fuck up. Right. And I thought to myself, like, it, I don't think it's all lost on him. I'm not saying that, but regardless, and he struggled in his life. I'm not disqualifying a struggle, but he'll never know the struggle up to 44 years and then the success. Like, to, to yeah. get to 44 and then go, I'm finally moving tickets. And then go, man, I appreciate this. I really appreciate this. Right. Like, I'm not – that's why I do an hour meet and greet after every one of the shows because, look, hey, I've been there when no one wanted to shake your hand. Yeah. <laughs> when no, you're going like, hey, thanks for coming. And they're like, uh-huh. And just leave. And you're like, hey, thanks for coming. No, I, someone said that recently. Someone said there was someone – I'm not going to tell you who because uh, – uh, a guy who actually changed his, his fucking personality changed after he got some fame. Uh, that was that was weird for me. Oh, now I wish I knew who. That was weird. It was it was like sh- shocking to the point. Something happened dinner one night, and, and and he fucking lost his shit. And I was like, "Wow, you're not the same dude I know. You're not a dude anymore." Yeah. Um, and so what happened was is he he just said he goes, "Yeah, I don't meet and greet him anymore. I, mean, I just don't have time. I just it just can't do it anymore." And I was like, "Wow, that's that's a, that's that's the beginning of the end." Like yeah. we we just did uh, Tampa uh, right after the hurricane, and it was the show was monstrous. And I just stayed as long as every, as everybody wants to stay. Hey, you know what? I, how many heroes do I have that I would love to have been st- spent a minute with? Can I tell you? That's one of the things that I go through. Is like, not I, that I'm a hero, but I, you know what no, I mean. No, like, I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. I I remember. Um, I'd said this to, on someone else's podcast, but I but I said I remember meeting Chappelle when I was twenty six, twenty five, right? And uh, I just moved to New York, and he had done stand up. He was amazing. He was twenty five, also I think at the time. He'd also he, been doing stand up like seven or eight years at that point. But he's, he was amazing. Yeah, and he'd oh, already yeah. been in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he right, was right, developing right. Uh, that movie with uh, Jim Brewer, right? And uh, sitcoms millionaire. Yeah, and I was like. I was I didn't know who he was. I was right out of college. I didn't know anything about stand up and I was like, dude, I pulled him aside. I was like, You are fucking funny. I was like, you need to stick with this. Man, he was so gracious and so cool. He didn't he didn't be like, Man, suck my dick. Yeah. I'm a fucking movie star, bitch. He could have said that. Yeah, yeah, I gotta stop. Uh, don't worry, I will. And just walk past me. He <laughs> yeah. sat and Thanks. listened to you me. You cemented it. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> he literally just like uh like sat and listened to me and was very gracious and I was like, cool, and then he walked away and then I think Demetri Martin was like, what were you saying to Dave Chappelle? I go, who's Dave Chappelle? He's like, that guy. That's Dave Chappelle. You know who he is? And then told, proceeded to tell me stuff now that is folklore with comics. He went to Montreal, did three different 20-minute sets. He went to, like, he has a million-dollar deal. He was on uh, Roseanne or whatever, like, uh, anyway. I think he had him and Brewer at one point. That you were talking about go back to the old school. Buddies. 
But, but there was a deal. That deal was crazy. They made so much money off that show that really never went anywhere. Buddies, wasn't it? Yeah. But they had him and I – mean, I mean, Chappelle had deal after deal after deal. And it was, it was great. You get older and you finally realize, I don't want to do this shit they want me to do anymore. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. And then Chappelle did Chappelle's show. He, uh, you know, I, I know what happened in the meeting because we're all going – you're going to ha- – you, you probably had the meeting already where you sit down and they go, here's what we want you to do. You're going to play a truck driver and stop. Yeah, <laughs> you just go stop. I'm not doing that. Or, or what? Or what happens is they go. Here's what I want. What do you do. What do you want to do? And you tell them, and they go great. And then you get the script. You're like, wait, this doesn't sound like what we were talking about. This sounds like a sitcom. Well, that happened. That happened to me, and that's when Titus came out. So that deal went sour. Actually, I fired the guy in front of the studio, and they said you. I, they said you can't do that. And I went. Then I quit. Then and I walked out of the room. Um, and this, that's my, by the way, that's my cross to bear. I've burned some bridges. You're, you, you're a much nicer guy than I am. Yeah. I don't, that you are. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what, you, I don't know what, what, um, oh, services you... you more better because I'm a little bit walkoverable, yeah. which I think. Just the... call me. Tell you what, I'll make you a deal. Cause Billy Gardell does this for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you think you're getting walked on, you call me and I will, I will add a little asshole to you okay. and, uh, and, and I'll use you like I use Billy. Like, so when I feel that asshole coming up in me and I'm about to jump, go down some sort of, I go, I'm going to call you back. And I call Billy Gardell and I go, Billy, here's what I'm all right, Titus, here's what you're doing. First of all, you're acting like an asshole. Second of all, there's a way you can say what you want without being a dick. So don't do that. All right. <laughs> Billy, Billy on the movie, Billy saved my life a couple of times. Cause we, I was, you know, I wrote and directed it. We had 23 days. We had no money to shoot it. Uh, and especially, you know, by the way, it comes out next uh, next Wednesday on iTunes. You'll be able to pre-order it on my website through VHX tomorrow. And, you know, the movie, due to the Fairness and Disabilities Act, uh, the LAPD has to hire four handicapped undercover detectives. And uh, uh, and I played Nick Nolte's mugshot. I've said that before. I played the worst cop. I'm like the character. We, I, so we just did a screening in Arizona at, at, at Tempe, by the way. Joel let us do it. Great guy. And uh, and I had I had 120 people in the audience that had didn't know what they were in for. Now, before I'd shown it, to you know, the actors were in it, and the, the yeah. production team, and we've all we've watched it as a screening. But I was like, it was so different to watch with people that weren't expect, didn't know what they were in for. Yeah. And uh, and there's a, there's a school shooting scene in it. I wrote a I wrote a a funny school shooting scene in the movie. Really, and it's there's a moment that I I designed this shot where you you're, you're shooting through these windows outside at the gunman who's outside, and then you, and as I'm shooting between the windows, I have kids standing there hiding. So you go by this guy with the gun, and you pass these kids, and then the guy with the gun again, and then pass these kids, and the whole I can get chills right now because the whole room got. Deadly quiet. The whole room went. You know when you're. Oh, you know yeah. you're, you know when you're doing. Yeah, stand up. I always say the audience, the collective audience is way smarter than every single person. Yeah. The dumbest. You can get a. You can get an audience of of three hundred dumb people, and they and together collectively they're wicked smart. They will understand what you're doing, and this audience just went from full up balls out laughter to dead stop. And then, uh, in fact, the, the 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 radio guy who helped set it up goes. He said, you know, Titus, he goes, that scene, he goes, honestly, I thought Titus fucked this up. And then he goes, then there was a big laugh. He goes, he goes, right when I said that, there was a big laugh and you saved it. He goes, yeah. but honestly, dude, he goes, you pushed it against the wall with that scene. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I, isn't that our job, man? I feel, like, I, I feel like it is. I feel like it is. But then sometimes I go. Maybe they just want to laugh. No, you know what? I, I, not that. I feel like that's our job, but I think that we all have different jobs, right? Like, because I have I had this joke that I had said on a I won't even say it again because I like the 
I said it on a podcast with a bunch of people, and it got a big laugh between all comics. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> you can't, that's not a good barometer. And then I tried, it on, I tried it on stage, and it bombed so hard. But it bombed so hard, and it made me look racist, which I'm not. But, right. but it, I'm just, whatever. And so I sold out show. Everyone loved it. Everyone had a great time. But there was like one chick who was like, that joke was kind of fucked up. Is that really how you feel? And I was like, no. And I was like, that's not how I feel. It's a thought. It's just a thought. It's not an action. It's a thought. Right, right. And and then I was like, and then I was like, what is my job? Is my job to challenge them? Is it like you or Joe or Bill, like or Louie, to take their oh, collective that's... unconscious and turn it sideways and go, this is I, like, or is my or is, is that my, my job? is that my job? Because I don't. Uh, you I just think put me, so. You just put me in a crew of guys that I'm like, really. Yeah, like you, you, you take topics that people would not bring into a comedy club and approach them. The same with Bill, same with Joe, same with Louie. and and I, I, I said, and I hope that I hope that I can uh, hope that I'm not short selling myself. But I said, what is my job? I got my job is to make sure they don't remember that fucking Monday is going to suck. Like that's my right. job. Right, your job. Well, you know what? I would agree with you. Every time I watch you, here's the thing: when I watch you, when I watch you, I sit back and I'm like, ah, "All right, this yeah. is going to be good. I'm going to laugh." I think when people watch me, uh, or they're, they're, they come to the show because they're, they lean in more. They're like, "Okay, now what?" Yeah, we know the world's fucked up. We know Titus is going to go after the world. Yeah, and uh, I hope that's what I do. I, again, that's making it bigger than it is. But, it, but, that's, but the, that's just as valuable. But it's just as valuable, but it it doesn't. <laughs> but it's also it's also like going to the gym. You're like, fuck, I gotta go to the gym. <laughs> I know it's good for me. I know I need to hear it, but fuck, I don't want to go to the gym. <laughs> it's just as like like uh, I can only say that like I watched Burr the other night, and I was like, I was like, everyone's laughing, but there are some people that are disagreeing and then laughing. And I went. That's a real skill set. Like my thing is like I just want to take you on a ride. I want I want you to I want you to giggle and laugh. I want you to hear funny stories and crazy stories. And like, it, like I had this joke about catcalling that seemed like it had a little bit of a uh, little bit of misogyny in it. Yeah. N- no. No. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> the premise was the That's premise, a man answer. The yeah, premise no. was uh, my wife thinks catcalling is aggressive. And threatening, and just un- and I said, no, it's how poor people communicate. It's that's <laughs> poor people talking. That's it works. Obviously, it works. No one does anything that doesn't work, right? You know. And I, the joke, the part of the joke I liked was uh, when you go fishing, you don't put your dick in the water. You don't because that doesn't work. You don't whistle at the water and go, hey, fish, jump in the boat. You don't. It doesn't work. You put a hook in the water, and I'm sure when that hook enters the water, there's a lot of fish in the field that see that feel threatened or unsafe. But there's one <laughs> fish going, I'll suck that hook, and so <laughs> and so that was the premise. <laughs> I like it, but but it's not. What like, a nice! That's the nicest, cleanest blowjob joke I've ever heard in my life. Very classy. Yeah, but it's ultimately what happens with this world for me and my group is that you get people to go. That's not why I'm. I don't want to. Don't make my opinions on reality. Don't make me face them with you. Like oh, uh, you know, I what, think man, here's where we've lost our fucking way in a society. So here. Oh, by the, the way, it ends with a horrible rant about how America hates poor people. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, good. There you go. But that's but that. So that's what you do. I, I'll jump like where, whether it's arm the children or whether it's I'm whitey and I apologize. I don't want to piss them off. Yeah. I don't want to piss them off. But sometimes I'll see something that I like. If it bothers me, like the re, like Amerigeddon, the show I'm doing now. 
it just it just fucking bothered me. It bothered me how upset we got with each other over these fucking idiots. Like we voted, like families were breaking up. I don't talk to my brother anymore. Really, over fucking these guys? Yeah. That, really? Yeah. So that pissed me off, and and so I it, this this thing just spewed out of me. And that we that stupid. I mean, you, you can break it down to we elected a reality television star president of the United States. That's the entire premise of the show. Yeah. But then I had to change it because I want to bring the country back together, and and basically it's pointing it out. So I, I just go no, as but far that, wait, as but, but go back to that because I find that interesting. Do you? Because this yep. leans on the part like like. Do you find yourself? Because I'm dealing with this a little bit. Do you find yourself when you're when you're approaching a subject like that, trying to appeal to both sides and get them to 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 find a way in the middle, or do you find yourself going, I can't. Like, do you ever say something that's maybe super liberal or super conservative, and you go, "I hope the wrong people aren't la- are, aren't laughing." I don't think that far. I, you, here's the thing: as a comic man, if you start putting that filter on you, if you even even put that filter in your brain, yeah, and a lot of guys do, and a lot of them are more successful than I am. I don't put that filter in my brain. You know, my my heroes are are uh, Robin, uh, Carlin, uh, uh, and Pryor. Those are my heroes, and Carlin never filtered anything. I don't think I'm as crotchety. I don't want to be as crotchety as Carlin was at the end. Um, but you can't filter. Your job is not to filter. Robin Williams, if you look at what he talked about, he was just he was couching some deep, real political shit in like hardcore behavioral shit in his wackiness. Yeah. And because it was surrounded in wackiness, it, it wasn't. It was it's this creamy center of like, oh fuck, he just fucking trashed the president. Yeah. It, but it was couched in his wackiness. Uh, I, you can't put a field. You can't. I don't think about it. I, I, you know, but I do start out with a premise. Like this show, I decided after about two months of doing it, what the premise was. The premise was, I want to bring America back together. Now, then, if I if that's the premise, which is which is kind of a that's a good that's a good thing, right? To get us to become we again, because yeah. it's not us and them, the people. That's what these fuckers did. They made us us and them. Trump yeah. specifically puts a wedge in us and them, us and them. So we're fighting each other while these assholes take our health care, raise our taxes, and fuck us over. Yeah. And then we're mad at each, and we're still mad at each other. You know, then then you basically all they're doing is give give they're they're fucking things up with Congress. Now all they're doing now is creating more hatred for each other. So, but if we got together, we the bit I do on the show, I go, I go, if we showed up in Washington wearing red baseball caps and pink pussy hats, going, how you doing? We worked our shit out. And I got to yeah. be honest, I love organic potpourri now. I line, yeah. and I don't believe meat is murder unless you eat people. You yeah. know. All of a sudden, whenever we do that, they get really scared. And they are a bunch of like, silver-haired old white guys. I think a lot of them are Draculas. And they, they actually don't know what to do. What they do, what they always do. When we get together and we go after they, they always create a new them. A brown them over there. Have you noticed? Yeah. It's always yeah, yeah, a brown yeah, yeah. them over there. You know, like right now. I right know, it's Korea. North, North Korea. Korea. We, have a, we have a weird haircutted. <laughs> that guy's fucking scaring the shit out of me, by the way. No. No. <laughs> let me explain to you. Don't be. Listen, I can throw a Frisbee farther than North Korea can launch a fucking missile, man. And with a lot more accuracy. And also, every day they put out a new video of them launching a missile. The guy with the big dick doesn't show you he's got a big dick. Yeah. He's just. We don't. Do you know the shit we have in America? Do we put videos out every day of lasers shooting shit out of the sky? No. We just go, no, we're good. Yeah. No, we're good. The guy with the big dick goes, no, she's going to come over here. I got yeah. it. You don't just fucking whip you. This little, this little Asian, North Korean dude keeps launching missiles. He can't have any left. They're putting a new video out every day. He's got no missiles left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is <laughs> launching a lot of fucking missiles. It's got to be expensive, right? Yeah, but he, yeah, well, it's good because the people only get three hours of power a day. We are not worried about any country where we could just unplug it if we wanted to. Yeah. So, so, but 
but they created a new them or Syria. Syria, you know, they got chemical weapons. Syria's got chemical weapons. Okay, fuck. Okay. Syria can't win a war with Russia's help fighting guys that are fighting back driving Toyota pickup trucks. Yeah. But the news puts it on and we start going, yeah, North Korea. North Korea, if Dennis Rodman is the guy this guy like, you obviously, who do you hang out with? Fucking Dennis Rodman. That's who you hang out with, dude. Okay. I'm not, we're good. Then what is he? Yeah. What if he, yeah. You think about that, you're like, if Dennis Rodman is your best friend, then I don't think you dislike America. Dislike America. Everything that America stands for. Or have, or have good judgment. <sighs> you don't have really good judgment. And that, that scares me more than anything. But he's not going to – the second so – we, so we're on a plane. My wife and I are on a plane. We're going somewhere, and this lady sits next to us, and she was talking, and we were talking this, about North Korea. And, I, and she, goes, she goes, I have to be honest with you. For 12 years of my life, I worked underground, four stories underground in a windowless room, and all I did was stare at computers. Of satellites, and that's all she said. She goes, I can't tell you any more than that. She goes, what? She goes that we're worried about North Korea. She goes, if any missile in this world on the planet goes three feet off the ground, we instantly know it. We could blow everything out of the sky. The problem is, if we blow everything out of the sky every time something launches, everybody knows what we got. Oh yeah. So you got you got to think it through. That that's that's my goal. So my goal is to a stop people being scared and bring the country together. That's with the new show, but the movie. I wanted to, you know, I, I can't just do something to do it. I have to figure it out. I have some friends that are disabled actors in comics, and they just get fucked over. I, I've been with them when they're just getting treated like shit. Yeah. Like they're getting treated. Like we're at, we're, we're, I did a bit, did the word retard about it. Um, Michael and Ronan gets, we're at a restaurant. The, the waitress asks me what he wants. She looks at him. He's got CP. And she goes, what will he have? Why don't you ask him? Well, he fucking went off on her. He in a really yeah. funny way. He started acting super retarded. I think we talked about this. Yeah, last we time. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, started yeah. acting super retarded. So, <clears throat> and, and I've been with. He he was having pancakes one morning, and these this old couple looked at his wife and goes, "It's so good you work with those people." And he's like, "This is his life every day." Yeah. So imagine that if you walked into a room and everybody made an instant decision about you. Um. So anyway, the movie got made, and uh, wait, wait, start start from the beginning about the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm curious about this. I know it comes out Wednesday. I think I'm going to the. You're going to the premiere. Premiere almost. Oh, Monday. dude, yeah. I Monday. think so. I think so. I'm not, I'm not certain. No, you're going. Yeah. You're not, no, you're going. It's, 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 you're going. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I didn't <laughs> double book myself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I called you and I said, or it's texted fun. you and I said, I'm, I'm telling you, in. I'll tell you this. You will be, uh, for you doing your own Is movies, Billy going to be there? You'll be inspired. Billy's going to be there. You will be inspired. And the other thing is you will, you will get... I want you to. I want to hear what you have to say about it too, as a comic. And you could be dead. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm saying this on on your podcast. Yeah, you can be dead honest because there's two jokes in it that I was like, eh, that's <laughs> one of those is too low brow, and one of them is too far. <laughs> 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 one of them's really low brow for no reason, and one of them's too far. Um, so, so you, so in '06, I came with this idea of special unit. Uh, disabled cops. By the way, everyone should know that that is the gestation of a movie. Usually, yeah, you come up with an idea. You kick it around. Maybe you even pitch it. You write it. It just takes fucking forever to do yeah. a movie. Well, I, I pitched it to – I wrote it out. I went to Showtime. They were looking for series. Uh, Bob Greenblatt was running Showtime. They had bought it. They were like, we're buying this. We're putting this on as a series. I turned the script in. Showtime, of all people, reads the script and goes, we can't do this. Really? You've gone too far with this. And I was like, no, I haven't. This is, this is, I know these, these are my yeah. friends. These people are fine. I'm not enslaving disabled people and making them be funny. Yeah. Uh, this is what they want to do. And so then we went to um, Comedy Central. Comedy Central, uh, Doug Herzog, who's probably one of the best executives I've ever worked with. Uh, talk about a guy who just gets comedy and gets comics and what we do. 
then he he said, "Okay, we're going to do it." We shot the pilot. Brian Cranston directed it, um, uh, and we got it done. And then it then eight months. It went back and forth. No, yes, no, yes. It's too far. It's not far enough. This, whatever. They finally said no. And the most fucked up story. Did I tell you the story about the the barista? Uh-oh. Oh, okay. So people, here's how TV works. They have test audiences where they pay 50 people 50 bucks, and they sit in a room and they watch the special. Yeah. Someone said once to me that test audience uh, are watching TV, but they think they're making TV. So then they sit down after and they judge it and they tell you what they liked and what they didn't. Well, Michael Aronin plays this character. Not only does he have a CP, he's also kind of like a Sherlock Holmes genius, but I gave him a stutter. So he's this genius and can figure it out, but he can't get it out. He can't talk. Yeah. So he's got a stutter. We're probably going to get more letters from the stuttering community than we have anybody. They're going to be much longer letters, I'm guessing. Uh, uh, so he, so did basically, they, did they type in a stutter? Did yeah, they, did that, they that's, what, that's what I was saying. Yeah, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> that's that was that. I just as I said it, I go that joke doesn't work at all. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, um, so Mike. So we do, we do it, we get it done. And one of the notes on one of the test sessions was uh, the guy with the stutter is hard to understand sometimes, which is the whole point of it. And uh, I'm not sure I like it. And so that was one of the notes they gave me, you know, of this list of notes. Uh, and I went, well, I go, well, that's part of the funny. It's going to stay in. Sorry. Yeah, by the way, by the way, that's the point of a stutter. It's yeah, hard to understand. It's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yet he's a genius and he just can't. So. They finally say no. Three months after that, I'm in Starbucks, the one right by your house. I'm at. She, yeah. In, yeah I'm, uh, not, no, I'm with the, uh, the other one over in. Uh, in uh, it's like two blocks that way. And I'm and I go in, and the barista. It's this girl. She's behind the counter. She goes, "Oh, I saw that thing you did with the re- retarded people." And I went, "Well, first of all, what?" Yeah. I go, "How did you see it?" She goes, "Oh, they paid us to go in and watch it, and then I had to give notes about it." And and she finishes my my lifetime. She goes, "I didn't really like the guy with the stutter. I put that down." And the fucking barista that had said that in the thing is now making my latte telling me what she didn't like about the show that I made. And I've been doing comedy since I was 19. Yeah. And I, me- I remember, thank-, thank God, those those counters are five feet high because I almost went over it. I, was, yeah. I, I almost, almost got arrested beating the barista to death in a Starbucks. So that didn't get happen. And I was mad because I'd promised Mike um, and Debbie Carrington and these people you know, with disabilities that I was going to get this done. And life happens. I got divorced. Everything went through it. And then about five years ago, I, I just... I just went, fuck it, I'm doing this movie somehow. And I wrote a script. And it was very Austin Powers. It was very Austin Powers. And even the bad guys were disabled. And, uh, and then I had this script around and nobody would buy it. They were like, hmm, disabled actors, no. It's too disabled heavy. It's too, it's funny, Titus, but you know what, man? I, you know, it's really too disabled heavy. We're not sure there's a market. It's, it's amazing. The, no one just goes, this is fucking funny. Let's do it and see what happens. They yeah. always, well, the market research shows that people aren't going to see a movie. Today. Blah, blah, blah. It's all bullshit. So about two years ago, three years ago, two and a half years ago, I, I have my assistant working for me, and I, and I turned to Ryan. I go, Ryan, I go, we're making this movie. I go, next year. In one year, we're making this movie. I go, I go whether I have to bolt a GoCam on the edge of a skateboard to use as a dolly yeah. or whether we have $10 million. I go, no matter what, we're doing this movie, and here's what I want you to do. Every week, you're going to come in on Monday and go, what are you doing on the movie today? What are you doing on the movie today? And it was so fucking – be careful if you do this because it, if you have someone that will do it, it's really annoying because all you do is realize that you didn't do shit for the last week. That's all you re- – and so it got irritating to her and he was like, you told me to do this. And I would go, just leave me alone. I'm not going to leave you alone. You told me to do this. I want to make a movie. He said he went to film school. And so it started kind of moving forward. So I rewrote the script. I got my manager on it. He started shopping it around again. Again, same same thing. Guys, this is it's funny, but we're you know, Titus is pushing this again. There's a school shooting in it, blah, blah, no. 
And uh, I said, uh, so finally what happened was I got someone to commit. They were like, you know, I'll put a hundred and something into it. And I and I had some money. I said, I'll put, I'll, I'll put, I'll put. That gives us almost almost what we need because we'd already done a breakdown of what it cost. And then he we went to the Havana room, and he knew this dude who's this investor. He's like, he's like this. This he runs a fund, and he goes, Yeah, how much you need? Hundred and something. Okay. And all of a sudden, I had, I had all of a sudden I, the money matched the budget. And I and the weirdest thing was, I'm sitting in the Havana room, and I have to ask these guys for checks. I go, Guys, we're about two months away. I need we need to pay people. And they these it was dude, and I was sweating. It was like I was I'd never no one had ever just written me. I mean, unless it was a network, yeah, you know, and they have tons of money. These are personal guys who sat down and, and made a commitment. One of the guys' brother had uh, muscular dystrophy, and they both wrote checks. And I walked out. I was like, and I got in the elevator to Havana room, and I was like, holy shit! And I was sweating, and my I just got chills now. And I, and now I've got all their money that I'm responsible for. It's a very different feeling than when you were young. And the, and the network, network gave you all the money. The network goes, stand over there. Do this. Stand over there. So we'll, we'll call you. We'll call you. Do you need a masseuse? Now I'm the executive producer, the writer, and they're letting me direct it. And I'm like, how? I go, who am I being that these guys trust me? Or how dumb are these guys yeah. that they're letting me do Wait, this? What did I say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember. I wish I recorded that because I could do, use more of it. <laughs> but, you know, I had a Writer's Guild nomination for Titus and stuff. And, I, you know, I was on the set all the time, you know, moving cameras around. And, and, and the, 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 what you learned on that show I would say I would say I took a I took a a mass uh, like I have a master's degree in in uh in filmmaking only on the television side because I could definitely direct yep I I told my buddy Dan Adler I go um he's like we want to do a project with you I go I gotta be honest with you can you just hire a comic and let me direct his pilot I go I just want to direct I I understand I won't make any money but that's something I'd enjoy doing I think I'd like to do that I don't mind being in stuff too but like I think I I could really take a young comic that with a great premise of a pilot for TV like a, a single camera hosted reality. I bet I could direct the fuck out of that kid and get out of him more than you could ever get out of a guy with a different director. And he was like, "Are you being serious?" He's like, "You know, it's only like twelve hundred bucks." And I was like, "No, I'm fucking in. Like, I, I would yeah. do it. I'll fly my. I'm a, I'll obviously have to pay for my own ticket to fly myself out. I'm not flying coach, but." But like, <laughs> that's a weird thing to just insert. I've, 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 I just I have had one flight sober uh, in like seventeen years, and so and it just happened this past week. Right. So I'm I'm like okay, I, I can do flying, but I'm not. I got I I can't have any hurdles getting me on that's the plane. Right. I can't have anything that stops me and sends me to the bar. Like like fuck it, I'm just gonna get hammered and disappear my day. But uh, but yeah, I, I what you must have learned on Titus was fucking. Well, also it's scared. So now it's for real. And here's the thing. Now all this dream I've had for 10 years and all this commitment I've made and this and decided doing it, all of a sudden it became real. So then we got my line producer and we started building a crew. And then I get a text from Peter Farrelly because like, we had a pilot. So Michael Aronin, who's out of his mind, he's the guy with CP. He plays Morgan in the movie. Yeah. He starts he, – he, like, he knows Kevin James. He starts sending the pilot out to like Kevin James and Peter Farrelly and I'm like uh, – to Jackie Flynn. Jackie Flynn who's really funny in it. Jackie Flynn. I love Jackie, really, Jackie Flynn. Every time I saw Jackie Flynn, he'd always go, Bert, oh, I forget, gay or not gay? <laughs> not gay, Jackie. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so I, get a, I get a text from Peter Farrelly and uh, did we talk about this on last time? Oh no! Peter Farrelly texts me and he says, "Hey, t- hey, Pete Farrelly here. Can you can you uh, can you call me?" And my wife's sitting across the counter and I go, "Peter Farrelly just texted my phone," yeah. and she goes, "He can't hear you because <laughs> I really, I really, I was I was whispering in the kitchen." 
So I call Peter Farrelly and he goes, hey, I, I saw this pilot you did. Jackie Flynn gave it to me uh, through Michael and Ronan. Uh, I, uh, are you doing this movie? And I said, yeah, we just got the money. We're doing it in two months. We're actually ready to go. And, and, and he, he goes, can you send me the script? Can I read it? And I go, I go, I go why? And he said, he goes, because we did The Ringer. And he goes, we didn't get it right. He goes, we didn't get it right. And he goes, and you, he goes, you seen my movies? I go, I've seen. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And I told him the funniest thing that Peter Farrelly, one of the funniest things I've ever seen the Farrelly brothers do is I was on a plane and they had, and Kingpin was on, on the TV. It was before we could you could pick any movie you wanted. This was right before. Yeah. Kingpin was running on the thing and uh, they couldn't swear because the, it was out to all the plane and they'd replaced every swear word with the word sandwich. So it was like this mother sandwich and it was just deadpan. So I was hysterical because there's so much swearing in Kingpin yeah. and he goes, yeah, these ass. Sandwich. Sandwich. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. And he goes, oh, that almost I, makes the movie funnier. It was way funnier, dude. I was, I was, I had, I had headphones on. I was just, I was just rolling. And I told him, he goes, yeah, I forgot we did that. That is pretty funny. So I sent him the script, and Peter Fairley uh, reads it, calls me a week. I'm at Wendy's Club, yeah. and he goes, can I give you notes tomorrow? And I said, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, because I'm not a. As you can see, the reason we do stuff on our own is because you've worked in situations where the people you're working with don't know what funny is. Have you ever done that where you like executives come in and they go, hey, no, here's what we think. And you go, but that's not funny. And they go, no, we think it is. Okay, but I've been doing this since I was very – it's not funny. And then you have to do it because they're paying for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's and that's that that's frustrating for somebody who knows what works. And not to be cocky, I just – I think at one day – I'm 30 years in. I paid enough dues. I've done seven specials. I can say I know what funny is, at least for me, at least what I can make funny. Um. And I've said that before. I go, I go, if you think that's funny, great. I can't make that funny. I, 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 so if you can make it funny, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, so Peter Fairley calls me at noon. I'm at, I'm at the hotel, and, and I got my computer out. And, and it's Peter Fairley. I'm going to listen to him. I'm, it's not some douchebag executive. This is Peter Fairley. And his notes are going to be biting. Like, whatever he says is going to be... I'm he's doing not gonna, He's not going to be... Like, if you, if you gave me the script and, like, Burke, give me notes, I'd be like, I like it. Like, I'm not good at notes. He, that's what think, he does. He's he a nice... Peter Fairley's a nice guy. I didn't think what was going to happen was about to happen. What well, happened? <laughs> so I, I, had, I had gone this thing where I was going to put every... Act, like, even the bad guys were disabled. It was this disabled crew run by this weird... Uh, um, uh, the guy, uh, um, Stephen Hawking, like, genius, who was trying to buy a part of the city so he could actually uh, turn it into all... Uh, all uh, able, uh, disabled, uh, accessible, and he thought that was really diabolical. And at the end of that script, I, I go, wait, I go, you're basically making it easier for everybody to get in? He goes, no, it's just for the... I go, no. I go, if I walk near a door, it's just going to open on its own. Well, that's great. I don't have to go upstairs? Brilliant. Thanks for helping. Everybody. That was that was the of that script. That was the final showdown where I'm going, that's stupid. Yeah. I go, you just made it better for everybody. No, I didn't. You guys are going to be an inconvenience. Not at all. And, yeah. like, and basically, and him, and I, and him and I get in this fight. That was the original script. That didn't end up in the movie. So Pete Farrelly goes... This was the most fucked up note I've ever gotten because it was dead right. He goes, so um, you're trying to say in the movie that these people as cops can handle anything a normal cop can handle. And I go, yeah. And he goes, then how come in the movie they only take down disabled criminals? And I was like, I fucked my own premise. Oh, my God. I screwed my own premise up because I wasn't saying – I wasn't making disabled people as capable as we are. I was actually making them – they could only handle – they could only handle other disabled people. Yeah. Well, that one note trashed 60 pages of the script. The entire, oh, oh yeah, dude. It was like like half of the second act and half of the third act just gone. Yeah. And 
and I and I, I sat back and I remember being so frustrated. He didn't give me any joke notes either. He just in in, in we t- he gave me a couple more uh, situational notes and I hung up the phone, man. And I was like, oh, this is over. I go, this is I, and we're in production. I've got the money in the bank. Oh, we've got people booking. Fuck. We've got people booking booking uh, the the you know sets the locations. We're booking it all. And I called my, I called and I, the crew and I go, guys, stop. I go, just stop right now. And they go, they go, what? I go, just stop. I go, don't book anything else. And my line producer, Randy's going, dude, we've don't. Okay, if you rewrite this, he goes, you, you write it in that scene. We're still using the gas station. He's like, flip it out. Oh, like, yeah. Okay. So I locked myself in a room for two weeks and I rewrote every page of the script. I had to rewrite the entire script. Um, and the, the, thank God for Peter Fairley because what happened was is it be, be, the, the script became really grounded. All of a sudden, it went from this Austin Powers movie to just like you, you when you watch it now, you're like, this could really happen. You're like, oh, this is this could be real. Totally well, I happen. like and I like the idea that it, I like the idea of what I like. Yeah, I, I see what that means to the script is that it's not. It's not goofy with disabled people. It's yeah, like, yeah, it, like yeah, this yeah, could yeah. really happen. So I rewrite it and I, I give it to uh, Peter. If you send me, I go, Pete, I finished the script. And he goes, send it to me again. I want to read it. And I'm like, ah, I'm just like, like just, I'd rather not. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, just know it's good. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> I followed your notes to a T. I just so, want you to know that. Trust that. And uh, well, I hope you can come to the premiere. So I sent it to him and, uh, and I'm on the road again. And he calls me. He goes, this is, he goes, well, this is really funny, man. He said, uh, can I give you notes? <laughs> I was like, I was literally like, God damn it, no! So I said, "Sure, of course." <laughs> and um, hey, guys, there, uh, let's it, hold production again. It, it, it's like, it, it's like someone I, rent that hotel I room did, for me. I actually did. I called Ryan and I go, "Ryan, um, I'm getting notes from Peter Fairligan today." And he's, and you're Ryan, just on that there, and just goes, ah. and I go, "I go, I go, I gotta take it." I go, "It's Peter Fairley. I'm do-. and I. By the way, I took every note he gave me the first session. Yeah. Second session, he calls. He goes, he goes, "All right, man." He goes, "Page sixty-three." And I go. What? Ooh, he goes, ooh. He goes, Immediately, he goes, I think, goes, wait, we're, not, we're <laughs> skipping 30 to 63 <laughs> pages ahead? That's so what you I like said. the first act? He goes, and he goes, he goes uh, page 63, I got a joke pitch. Uh, okay, and he gives me, and I go, that is funny. And I wrote it down, and he goes, uh, page 81. And I'm like, and I'm like, we're skipping 20 I'm, pages. I'm dancing. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, woo. And he goes, all right. Uh, and then it slows down, page 82. Yeah, then he goes, page 83. But, but, but it was another joke pitch, and then joke pitch, he gave me like t- six joke pitches, and he goes, he goes, I want you to know something. He goes, you really, he goes, I think you, you're the closest. And he, we tried to get this right with the ringer. You're the closest to getting this right I've, I've seen. Oh, that's and he, a and I and I said, huge I, I go, do you want to be a producer or something on it? And he goes, no. He goes, I just wanted to make sure that somebody gets this right because he has a buddy that had a spinal injury, and that's why that's why if you look at in those movies, all those disabled actors are in those movies. Yeah. And uh, so he was really cool. Peter Field doesn't want anything from the movie. I thought later, you know, my paranoia. I was like, you know, he he realizes that this is going to cost some shit because Billy Gardell said that he he watched that we were editing one day and he comes and he goes, Titus, you're going to get a lot of letters on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but those people that. They're just not getting it. The only people, every dis, every person with a disability that saw it was like, "Holy crap, dude! Thank God someone finally did this." Because we yeah. treat them like real people, man. Well, I've, all I've seen is the trailer. Yeah, and I love the trailer. Yeah, like, I, but what I what I what I thought in the trailer, which I which I find, which is po- like literally my only question to you coming into this entire fucking podcast was, how hard do you have? Because I find it very hard, and I'm going through this right now. Um. How hard is it to have an idea, write the idea down into a scene, shoot the idea, and then have the funny that you had in the original idea be the funny you see on the screen? Um, you have to, and that's where that that's where that that's the good part of me being an a hole is, um, because you, I found because uh, 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 I I know what it. 
I see it in my head. If you see it in your head when you write it, um, I saw it in my head. And then you walk into a set. Here's the part part. So you wrote it. I know what this is. Here's it. And I go to Randy. I go, Randy, this is what the set has to look like. Well, Randy calls me and goes, hey, well, we can't get a set like that, but I have two options. So then I have to go into that set, and I have to go, okay, will this still work? And, uh, and then I had to sit down and figure that out, and then it did, and it worked. And then in the middle of it, you'll be, you, have, you have to do two things. You have to know what you want real specifically. You have to really know what you want, and you know where the funny lives. But in the middle of that, you've got an actor that doesn't see what you see, or you've got a situation with the props or, or the tech guys or the special effect that isn't what you wanted. And you have to be able to, on the fly, continue to be funny. And that's, I think, why stand-ups are, will be good at this. Yeah. Guys like you, like you're always inventive. You're, you're, you're loose on stage. You have to be on your game, and that's a stand-up. Like, on stand-up, I've got my show. Here's my show. But something happens, got to handle it. You know, yeah. it, it, it's what Carvey told me with stand-up. Is you got you got to make it, um, you got to tell it again for the first time. And, and 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 so I know what the script is. I know what I want. And then you have to be able to to work with it. Getting the funny, and sometimes you don't get it, man. Here's here's what happened. We we shot a lot of it. One of the actors, uh, I'm not going to say who because it ended up great. Uh, we're we are having problems every scene. Every scene, it wasn't getting it. Timing was off. Everything was off. Wouldn't get it. And then he started getting. He she uh, they they started getting like panicked. They started to panic, like they were screwing up the movie, yeah. and that's the worst. I was like, "Calm down, dude. It's it's fine. We got we can do this. We have all day." And we didn't have all day. We were totally fucked. And and I, but I was like, "No, we're good. We're good. We'll take as much time as you need." And he kept getting more and more panicked, and he really wanted to do a great job, and so and he did, and he and he fucking did. And then we 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 went into editing, and all we did was cut out the parts where he was was it was in his head. We just cut those parts out, and we only kept the parts where he was purely acting, yeah. and. And it went from, oh, my God, we can't use this to this is the funniest shit in the movie. Yeah. And that's where – so – and people said uh, – Berbigley, I, I texted Berbigley one day because he, he had done the movie. And I said, Mike, I said, it's Titus. I said, I said, I'm about to shoot a movie. Tell me – give me some advice. He goes, it's going to be the hardest thing you ever did. And, and, but you'll be happy at the end. And I, and I said, okay. And I was ready. And I will tell you this. It was not the hardest thing I ever did. Really? It was the most fun I've ever had. Imagine sitting on a set with Billy Gardell and all these other actors who everybody, everybody's about one thing, being funny. Any prima donnas, we had, the, we had, we had a prop guy, this dickhead, and I will call him out on it. This fucker, <laughs> this fucker was, he was, we, two things we don't have is money and time. Two things. Yeah. We got 23 days. We got, we got 400 grand to shoot this movie. And it looks like, I had people that in the business watch it and they go. It looks fantastic. And I told him, I told him what we paid. They go, there's no way you made it for that. I go, oh yeah. I go, I used every favor and I didn't take a dime, but oh yeah. yeah. So, uh, this guy is setting up the props and stuff and he's taking three, he's burning three hours a day. And the day before I go, Hey, make this room is ready. Cause we'll start shooting in the morning. I want this room ready. Here's what I want. What? I get there and he starts setting up on day one. And so I finally, I take him in a room and I have a meeting and it's weird. You're really a nice guy. And again, this is where I'm going to give you, you call me when this happens. Yeah. You need to call me. Go Titus, how do I handle this? And I'm going to go, here's what you say. And this guy goes, uh, I go, I go, listen, I go, you've burned six hours in the last two days, six hours. We don't have. So I'm going to tell you what I need. And he goes, stop. Let me tell you what I need. And how about the next time you do a movie, Mr. Titus? And I said, and he got to that, and I said, stop right now. I go, you're fired. You're out. And he goes, what? And I go, you're done. I go, get out. I go, I go, I go, I go, 30 years of comedy. I had my own show, Writer's Good Nomination, and you're the prop guy. And you're telling me, well, I've done many independent films. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I go, I go, we have one situation. No money, no time, and you're burning both, fucker. Yeah. And, 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 then, and the rest of the time, but you, you can't deal with anybody else that way because you got to keep it funny. So w- when we were on the set, we had a blast. 
but but as a director and a producer, you have to be able to sh- to shut it down when it's getting wrong. Because if you have too much fun, it was weird. I I want to have fun the whole time, but then what? Like sometimes people will take advantage of that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes people will take advantage of that, and you had to every once in a while go, guys, breaks. Everyone pump their brakes a little bit. We got we got we got twenty minutes to get this done, and everybody goes into overtime, and we're fucked. We had a we had a shoot in um, <clears throat> Lake Powell. Right, uh, it was for trip flip, and uh, we were there like I think we were in Lake Powell technically three days, but one day was get up early in the morning, take our houseboat to this island, park it on the island, and then shoot some activities, and then the next day was it was like three days of just basically just having fun and shooting it, right, almost like a vacation with cameras. Yeah, and the third day was uh, get up, shoot some stuff, and then head out, be at the dock by like five. So the very first. Day we get everything that we park the houseboat we shoot some b roll we get go paddle boarding we shoot, go water skiing we do everything on the first day so the next day um our my buddy Paul goes uh, comes to me my Paul was the director and ex- supervising producer executive producer I was an executive producer he comes into my room and he goes I think I think the the we'll get the best out of everyone today if we just say let's have fun if you want to have a cocktail have a cocktail let's like if you want to have a beer, have a beer, but let's just fucking, it should feel like a vacation to everyone and it'll be more fun. And we're like, <laughs> we're like, yeah, that's great. So we go into the kitchen of the house. These are ingredients for disaster. Ingredients. Letting, letting a crew just go, guys, have a beer, drink, go ahead. Yeah. And so we're like, all right. <laughs> we go into the kitchen and we're like, all right, so uh, here's the deal with today. Let's just fucking have fun. Oh, and everyone's no. like, yeah. And we're like, so if you want to have a cocktail, <laughs> have a cocktail. Oh, no. The first guy was this guy. I'll just say his name is John. And uh, John pours a double jack on the rocks. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we were saying, I'm thinking like a, like a beer. And he's like, this is going to be a fucking blast. And then this other girl's like, I'm getting fucking wasted. Oh, no. And it just, it was, we ended up getting a bunch of great stuff, but we shot until noon, and then... You opened up the gates of Troy. You're like, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> we ended up, we ended up that night with two guys naked outside, outside a cove that we had all snuck into, and we're staring at the moon, chanting, because we were so drunk, chanting at the moon. The ca- Everyone just laying on paddle boards in a cove with, like, sheer rock face going up a hundred feet and we're staring at the moon chanting and two guys are outside the cove naked trying to scare us like we got nothing done we got nothing fucking done the wow. next day we had to get up early and shoot because we wanted to make sure we were covered but man that was that 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 having too much fun i've been the guy that's <laughs> yeah. like it's a balance uh but the but the movie was fun and then we you know i ran a, a sound stage you know i'm one of those guys if i say i'm going to do something i, I kind of go overboard I, I like i'm like okay we're going to make a movie i'm running a sound stage yeah. so now I've, I've rented a sound stage for for a while and and you know what i'm doing i'm buying the, the right cuz i actually went what was post going to cost and the, the number we we'd spent our, we actually spent all our money shooting it yeah. like i didn't save any money for post <laughs> I, you know why because I wanted to get the movie shot, yeah. and so uh, I can end it. I movie. I'll get out I movie, and it'll be great. <laughs> so we, I had to go buy a computer system that would actually edit the movie, and we had this top end computer, top end, and we did it ourselves. And then we, and then you have problems. We had like a guy. I, I sent it to Colorize, and the guy. Uh, man, I don't even know what. Basically, I sent it to a, a colorblind colorist, and the movie came out like one scene looked like it was shot in 1965. Well, it seemed like an Easy Rider. One scene looked like like Technicolor, like like it looked like Wizard of Oz. I'm like, what the fuck. And, yeah. and 
the guy goes, so we finally call him on it. I'm like, dude, we paid you. I paid you. This is my money now. That's my money yeah, to get yeah. this movie done. Because this is a you know, labor of love. That's why people go to uh, iTunes and get it or go to ChristopherTitus.com and get it because uh, you're not paying Warner Brothers. You're not paying Paramount. You're actually – and you will laugh. Like you will laugh your ass off yeah. at this movie. So – uh, so I call the guy and I go, I'm like, dude, what did you do? And he goes, oh, after you guys left, my computer crashed and I lost all the settings. And, but he never called us to say that. And, and we'd spent like three days in his office. And so you're going to get people. It's like getting, it's like hiring a contractor. You know, there's a lot of C minus, a lot guys. of C minus in the world, man. My pool guys are great. They're These great. guys are A plus. But, but, uh, and, and I gotta be honest with you right before you came, I think. Were they doing the pounding when you were here? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They said it right in front of you. I started I was, laughing down the hall. I, I was coming down your backyard to go to, get, to, go to the man cave, and, and I hear, and I started laughing, and I, I was go, like, this I is came, not going to go well. I came in here, and I was like, this is going to fucking, and so I was up with Google Translate in the kitchen figuring out how to say, I need a break. <laughs> And all I learned how to say was, tu hablas ingles? And one guy goes, uh, we're going to lunch. And yeah, I was no, like, you perfect. Said, you said that. That's what made me laugh really hard. He go, he, he goes, you said, si hablas ingles? And he goes, eco piquito. And you said, I need a break. And he goes, lunch? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, lunch is universal across the world. Yeah, yeah lunch? Uh, so uh, we finished the movie, and Everlast, I talk, you know, at this point, it's weird because I got Everlast, uh, who I went to Iraq with, and we performed for the troops. I said, uh, can you... Uh, I said, what would it cost to get a couple songs? Will you cut me a deal? He goes, yeah, man, I'll cut you a deal on a couple songs. So there's a song he did for a De Niro Pacino movie called Everyone Respects the Gun that they, that they, it's the bad, it's a badass tune. Yeah. And they said no. So it's been sitting in his, it's been sitting in his archives and, and I said, and he sent it to me when he finished it years ago. And I said, can I use everyone for the beginning? And he said, yeah. And then we used two other songs off his last album. And, uh, and then we had a, a guy who wanted to score it. And, I, and it's just crazy how everybody gets, as a stand-up comic, you get to do everything. Yeah. You get your writing, producing, directing. When you're actually doing a movie, you've got 65 people, even we had 32 people on the crew, that have a question about everything. And then you have to manage it. And then you got to turn it over to a color. So you've taken this thing that you spent all this time on, you turn it over to someone, now you get to colorize it. And like that. Then you have to turn it over to a sound guy, and you, and you go, here's what I want specific, and then that guy, and you, and you have to let people be creative in their own way. And it was, it, management-wise, it was a big lesson for me. Yeah. But we ended up having a great movie. It's, it's really, it, people can't believe what we did it for. And it's, and it's, it's really, it's wrong funny in some places, some re- really wrong funny. But these disabled actors never get a shot. To, everyone treats them so precious. Yeah. Everyone treats them like they're so, you know, like you say, the sage Yoda in the wheelchair, or it's the guy who's got a sexual dysfunction, and some hero nurse, able-bodied nurse comes in to make him feel like a man. Yeah. You know, it's always some bullshit like that. And these guys, they're just badass. They're screaming at me. You know, uh, you know, Deborah, Deborah Carrington, who's a little person in Midget, and she goes, she's, 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 she's basically the telling me douchebag. Yeah, she was shotgun. She's going off on me in the movie. I do this speech where I like give them, tell them, you're a spaz, a midget, a cripple. He's a retard. And I goes, that, does that bother you guys? Because that's what everybody thinks. I go. You want to be cops? Then step up and be cops. You know, don't 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 start being this PC thing. And it's weird because uh, there was one person. We had two people that we were auditioning for. It, read that read that scene and were like, I don't want to do this. We had one little person read it and sent me a letter that was like, this movie will not be like they liked to being treated preciously. Everybody else has been like, you know, oh thank God, this guy Travis uh, Travis in the movie. He he's in a wheelchair. He's a dwarf in a wheelchair. It's got powered wheelchair, and he's. And his character, Mick, we made him, he, he's auditioning, he's actually doing the interview scene, 
and we put all this shit on his wheelchair. So it's like if if, if Q had built a, a wheelchair for James Bond. Oh yeah. And he's got like like it's got like and he and he and he and he goes uh he goes when the shit goes down, I I got a shotgun mounted in my chair, <laughs> and I can fire a blown into this tube, the tube that runs the wheelchair. Yeah. And and I it's can fire blown into this yeah, tube. But he's a badass. He's this guy who's totally disabled and a total badass. Um and uh, and it was just it was. See the movie, man. I'm not bullshit. Will man. it bother you if it it will you, it bother you? Say like it gets a huge backlash from no, like not the, at all, not at all, not at all. Because I have 56 disabled people that will go on any TV show in the world and go, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, you know, it's never the disabled people that are pissed. It's it's always the able-bodied people that represent the disabled people. Yeah. One lady wrote me from a disabled or we sent adapt or something. We sent them a, a thing and they said I wasn't adapt. Adapt was cool. It was some other organization and she said the terminology you use. This is a letter. The terminology you use in this movie is outrageous and offensive. You need to hire a publicity firm that actually will help you get this across. Uh, I am offended and we will do nothing to help you with this movie. So I, uh, being the guy I am, took that and uh, uh, responded to it in a letter and then posted both on Facebook. <laughs> oh yeah oh that idiot just gave you more press <laughs> well and then people are like people just don't get it people just don't get it they, well, it's like it's like any cop movie that you see where they're like and I, i'm not saying that cops are racist but like when you see like a cop movie and they're using the m-word and you're like and you're like or like say colors right where they're colors. yeah and there was that jake gyllenhaal movie a couple years ago too that was kind of like which that. one was that i wasn't it where he played a cop and it was hardcore it was down in compton or something yeah uh, yeah uh, and and you go. No one gets offended when they go. Oh, that's just real. That's the way real people talk. That's yeah. like like uh, training day. Yeah, training like, day. Like th- that, that. Everyone was like, that was that's or, or Clinton, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Well, uh, you gotta admit, man. Hateful Eight. At one point, you're like, okay, come on, man. I'm getting tired. It. I didn't see it. It's good. It was really good. But the yeah. language at one point, I, I, the, the the use of the N word at one point, even for me, I was like, I know, but it's like. I, I don't. When, I, he must have a card. He, Tarantino has a card, like a get say he say the N word free card. And there's, there's and he's not anywhere near his limit now because oh. he just uses I, it. All I, the time. By the way, if I had that, like, so if I, I want to make a movie, I, I really want to make a movie. I want to. I got to make a TV show first. But I want to. I got to make two TV shows first, then a movie, and then why two TV shows? Are you? Ha- I, I have two. Are shows they planned already? On. Yeah. Good um, sitcoms. Uh, one is. I gotta be dead honest with it. I, I my probably said this ad nauseum on this podcast. Everyone's like, "We get it, Bert." My buddy is a, a a big TV producer now, right? But he's worked his way up and he's done it the way you did your, yours and the way Joe did his independently. And now everyone's coming to him, going, "Hey, can you do mine?" And uh, and for about a year and a half ago, he said, "I'm." My only passion is doing yours because we grew up together. We grew right, up together, right? And it'd be and fun. He, and he's like, and it's, and he's like, dude, this is what. So we're talking about it. We did some stuff, and then, and then I, he was like, he's like, I feel like you're not really super passionate about it. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if like I'm an actor. I don't know. I was like, I just, I like, I, I like doing what I'm doing right now. And I go, and I have a couple ideas, and I. I go really honestly. I really want to do a four camera sitcom. <laughs> this sounds so cheesy, but like I no, really no. I, the life. I, I'm, I look at it about lifestyle. Like, I want family. a writer's room. I want an office. I want a green room. I want to. I want to buy a motorcycle and ride to CBS Radford every morning and fucking ride back. And that's all I ride my motorcycle. But I fucking enjoy it. I want to ride a bike there. I want to jog to work. I want to go on the lot and have the French fr- like. I like all that shit. Okay. All right. So all right. If I can give you a, a bit of advice, please. 
Number one, don't ever do anything you're not passionate about because yeah. all you'll do every day will be a fucking nightmare. It'll be like you have liver cancer. You yeah. will go show up every day just hating it. Some people can put that aside. I can't. I can't. If I, I can't show up if I don't like it. I, I'll be there. I'll do it. Yeah. That's why you know, my, my agents are crazy right now because I keep getting auditions and, and I say, this is, a, this is like three days. And I go, well, I'm going, I got two theater shows I'm doing. There's not, I can't blow those two off for 10% of the money. Yeah. And, and, and I get to do my new show, which I love stand up. I mean, this, this Amerigeddon show just got good because I was being a pussy about it. I'll be honest with you. Really? I had given you shit earlier about like not having that filter. I had that filter. I was thinking that I don't want to make these people mad. I want to lose the audience. And then I was in Cleveland for a show and I, and Cleveland. I did it. I did it. Uh, I did it for, uh, uh, uh hilarities. Uh, yeah. Hilarities. I saw, I saw your love name up club. on the yeah, board. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So you come to, so he, and I, first show Friday, I was like, I kind of pushed it out. I was just doing the jokes and I walk off stage and my wife, who's come, she opens for me and I, and I go, I go, I want you to go up on stage and kick him in the dick. I go, that's what I'm doing the next show. I go, I want you to know that we've both been like pussing out on the, on what we're saying. Yeah. I want you to, I want you to tell him like, you know, it's the truth. And I said, I'm doing the same thing. And I went up the second show, got a standing ovation and the show hasn't not got a standing ovation since, but it was, all I did was change my attitude about it. So. What was I just talking about before I went on some other fucking off We were ramp. talking about working on something you're not so, passionate about. here's the thing. You just described all the trappings of show business. You yeah. have those. Yeah. You need to come up with something that will make you work 14 hours a day and not feel tired. Special unit was that for me. So whatever you want to do. What's your impossible thing? The one thing that you're like, I want to do this and no one's going to do it. Uh, I, I, the, the, one, um, the one thing that I really, really want to do is I want to, I want to make – the machine story a movie but i want to make it like fletch i want to do a machine story in russia i want to, i want the machine to be a character right who gets into different like almost a james bond drinking bumbling fucking char- fletch like character right. who's got but i want to do that i want to do a a a hostage situation on a on a on a cruise ship i want the machine to end up in a bunch of so like i go that would be great for me and then I don't even need to play the machine. I just want to make that movie. Okay, no. they'll say that again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you want all those trappings, of course you're playing yeah. the machine. By the way, again, Ryan Reynolds playing the machine is what I expect. You playing the machine is yeah. fucking every dude in the world is be like, if that he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. So what you need to do is you, you have to – here's what I – I get driven, man. I like, like there was no way special unit was not getting made. There was no way people were like, like I, I can fill a room with people like, dude, stay over there. I don't want to. Th- your your energy is just too. No, we're doing this fucking movie. I'm on that guy. Look at yeah. my eyes right now. Dude, we're doing this fucking movie. And uh, so you need to find if you if you keep saying gonna gonna gonna, it's gonna just here's here's you. That's me. Here's, That's here's, me. Gonna here's, gonna gonna. What, here's you. Here's gonna. Yeah. So if you say I will have the script done for the machine, because by the way. I want to see that movie. Yeah. I want to see that movie. I'll have, I have, I've got it all beat out in my head. I wrote an outline, and I went around and pitched it, which I, which I think was a very if valuable you, lesson. If you've got to beat out in your head, you're just beating off. No, no, no. I, 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 have, have, it, written I have it written out. Yeah, I have oh, an outline good. Okay, written good, out. Good. So here's um, what I want you to do. I want you to set a date. Where I write the script? Well, Can I that, tell you that? But this is this how is I work. Stressful. This is how I work. Right. Uh, and to cut back to the beginning of our conversation, man, I had pushed back cutting out drinking for like a, a chunk of time like a two-week period a month period i had pushed it back <clears throat> just consistently consistently consistent until i made this bet with them and i was like oh it starts september 1st or october 1st right and and the same with this marathon i was like i want to do a marathon i want to do a marathon last time i was like fuck it i just signed up for the saint pete half marathon in november when i'm in tampa and i go now i'm training for a half marathon 
I was like, this, these are things that are happening now because it's happening in my life. I want – when you say – when you said you, wait, I, I got the money. I want to point out what you did. What? No, no, no. I didn't have the money when I said I was doing the movie. No, but the idea that you said once you got the money, it was real, I connected with that and I went, I wish someone just give me $400,000 and then I'd go, fuck, now i got to write a no, script. No, no, that's, no, that's wrong. I, I said that wrong. I decided the year – that year before that the movie's getting made whether I get the money or not. Yeah. Uh, when – what ends up happening is I think what I, what I was talking about was when someone else gave me the money, all of a sudden I felt incredibly responsible to them yeah. and my level of quality stepped up. I realized how much further I had to step up because it was someone else's money. That, I think that's what I meant. I was like, holy shit, this is real. Um, and it was real anyway. We were yeah. doing, we were starting on that day. So, here's, so what you did with the St. Pete thing, you gave it distance, time, and form. A lot of people say, gonna, I'm gonna make a movie one day. When? I'm gonna, one day. Well, that just fucking keeps moving. Yeah. You have to be in Tampa that week working. Yeah. So you're running a marathon. You yeah. and now you're training. You decided Half a marathon. you you bet you bet a you bet your guys that you were going to stop drinking and now it's a competition. You created a structure. So and by I the need way, I need that cuz I don't, you don't have that, that right? internally. Okay, so bet make a bet with me then cuz I would love to I, I'd love to help with the script. I don't yeah. have to not to write it, but I'll help you with it. I can yeah. go, this might be funny. I'm great at that. I'm great at pitching. So I wrote on Titus for, for three years, yeah. and I'm funny. So so uh, what's what's today? Let's look at today. All right, people, listen up. Here's what we're going to do. Because I want – by the way, everyone listening right now wants to see that character. It's basically Peter Sellers and James Bond except for like uh, – and a Will Ferrell character, drunk kind of crazy guy. Basically, the machine is just kind of a drunk crazy guy who gets in situations and just says, well, fuck it. Let's do this. A drunk Forrest Gump. Yeah, but he's but he's got he's got more skill than that. Yeah, he's well, today's, today's October fifth. I know exactly what the date is. Okay, so you say you already have this beaten out, right? I have, it, I have the entire show beaten out, entire okay. movie beaten out. Really, written down, written down. Okay, I wrote an entire outline. Okay, so uh, you're gonna start writing. You're gonna start writing. You're gonna write the first scene. But what's today? October fifth. Okay, so you have the first scene written by October fifteenth. That gives you ten days to write five minutes, five pages. Oh, oh yeah, I could do that okay, today. F- okay, yeah. okay. So you're gonna write the five. Okay, now I'm just giving you that time so you can. But and I'm gonna call you on this. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna start calling you on this. Okay. And you're gonna start writing the machine. All right. And it's called the machine, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna. So so okay. So that's October. So by uh, so October, November, December. What's the timeline for writing a script? You're what, gonna have you the script yourself? done. You'll have the script done. Which is, by the way, if you th- if you break it down scene by scene, there's you know what uh, scripts an hour and a half, three minutes per scene. What is it? 120 uh, pages. 20, 120 pages. 20, 25 scenes. Whatever. 25 scenes. So by December 15th, you're gonna have a rough draft of this. Do okay. You, do you agree to that? Yeah. By December 15th, we're gonna have a rough draft of the machine. Yeah. Fucking eight people, everybody! Please, I want you to go to Facebook, uh, to Bert's Facebook and his Twitter right now. Yeah. Uh, unless you don't, unless you push out and don't nope, put this nope, out. Nope, I'm in. Okay, I'm so in. by December fifteenth, you're gonna December have a rough 15th. draft of the machine. Yep. Just because of your followers, just because of the people that you're fans. Hey Siri, set a reminder in my calendar that by December fifteenth, I will have a rough raft of the machine. December 15th, 2017 at December 15th, 2017. Hell yeah. And here's the thing I want you to do. Here's the other thing I want you to do. I want you to start telling people. Don't keep this to yourself. Yeah. The only thing that, the only, look, life, chair didn't exist until some guy said chair. You know, you know, so I want you to start saying this to people. Okay. You know, I want you to tell, we're, we're telling everybody right now. By the way, guys, our job is to keep Bird on this movie because I want to see this movie. Yeah. 
I want, I, like, honestly, well, like, I've seen the bit, and I'm like, I want to see, that's the movie I want to see. That's the Van Wilder movie that you star in that I want to see. Yeah. You know, and I can totally see the, I can totally see the, the sequels and stuff to it. I think, I, yeah, I think. So I, I, want you to, I want you to tell your agent today, by, 20, by December 15th, because he'll keep you on track. Okay. I want you to tell your manager. I want you to tell your friends, especially comics, because everybody's on board with this. You, you yeah. gotta, you, the, what you, once you create this, this support group, dude, it's done. It fucking this, it's a, I can already, it's already done. Yeah. December, All right. All right. I'm in. All right. Good. All right, Fuck man. Yeah. All right. Fuck Good. yeah. Good. That's Fuck a great yeah. way to fucking end the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's a fucking challenge. I love it. Well, I, hey, look, dude, if I can do it with, with what, what little tiny sliver of fame I have. You saying that, by the way, that's such an interesting thing because you saying that. I think a lot of people hear that and go, well, yeah, but you're Chris Titus. But I always say to other people going, they go like, how do I get a podcast? I go, trust me, if I can do it, anyone can have a fucking <laughs> right. podcast. We know the douchebags we really are. Yeah. Everybody's aware of the douchebag they really are. And, uh, and also how like great, like the stuff you do is great. Like I've, I, Titus was, uh, Titus at the time was kind of groundbreaking what it did. And all I, I wasn't thinking that at the time I was, I just hated sitcoms. Like I fucking hate sitcoms. And I, I go, the, I go, this show is based on the premise that everything that you do as an adult, it relates to your past. So we have to flash back to the kids and I want to talk to camera cause that's where I'm, I'm good with words. Let's do that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and every, and, and so and I was passionate about it. I didn't care what they thought. I don't care what people. You can't. You can't care when you write. I don't want you writing that what you think people are going to think. Because yeah. look, I wrote a school shooting into this movie. Do you know why I wrote a school shooting? It is organic. Here's the here's the situation. The mayor doesn't want these guys to be cops because if these is guys Billy get, playing the mayor. No, he's playing the police captain. Police captain. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh man, there's some speeches Billy does that are so funny. It's so good to see when you cast when we're casting the machine. When you cast the machine, you, you, there's going to be speeches you write that you think are great, yeah. and then you'll get the right actor to do them, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's way better than I thought it was going to be." Yeah, yeah, Billy's that. Billy Billy Gardell is that. So uh, so so basically, what happens is the the mayor uh, makes some cops. Uh, and sends him basically and me I'm this detective who now I gotta wear this goofy ass cartoon police uniform and I have to take these these guys to elementary schools because they have to go talk to elementary schools they're like hi we're the special unit of cops oh, here's yeah. what it's like to be a cops and guns aren't cool and and so we go to this school and in the middle of it while, while everyone's doing kind of making the kids laugh this drunk father shows up to get he's in the middle of a divorce and he brings a gun into school to go get his kids because his wife's going to get them. And, uh, and he comes in with a gun. And they take him out. <coughs> and yeah. they take him out. And that's how they become real cops. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But it was organic. I didn't just go, I'm writing a school shoot. And it just, it just happened when they were in school. I go, how do I how – because I, I had him. I wrote him to that situation where they were in the school and they were mad that they had to perform for these kids and they weren't going to be real cops. And I go, well, how do I turn this into a real cop situation? And and all this stuff had been on the news for so long. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to write this into it. Yeah, you know. And it does two things. It's funny. It's it's organic and it's kind of current. Yeah, very. You know what's so funny? I was driving. Uh, I went to um, Soul Cycle this morning. I'm so stoked that the machine. Like, I want to see this movie. I'm fucking in it. I'm in it. <laughs> I mean, what, I, this is what this is the way I've. This is I. I by the way, I've. I'm very hard at ever admitting when I'm when I'm wrong or I'm out of it. Like when, like I, I write a lot, but I don't I don't write as much as I could. I always say, oh, I write a lot. I get on the treadmill and I come up with ideas. But it, they're very. I think me as drinking as much as I was, and then I'm not going to quit drinking. I'm not quitting drinking. But as drinking as much as I was these last few months, that this year has gotten away from me. I wasn't writing as much, and so lately, when you know, just 
in by by sheer nature of being inspired and feeling really good, I've been getting up every morning and I've been writing a diary of what I'm feeling. So I was like, I'm never gonna have this much. I'm never gonna get that deep into booze again. When, that when I come out of it, I'm gonna feel this alive. That'll I'll never have this awakening again. And so I've been writing a diary every morning. And then I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to bail on this scripted project. I'm doing another unscripted. I'll tell you that about, about that after this. But uh, I'm doing an unscripted project with my buddy that he, he he heard and he was like, I want to do that. Let's me and you deficit fund it and let's just shoot it and let's fucking make it. I guarantee you we'll make millions. And I was like, if he thinks that, I'm like, I'm in. Right. But I was like, I'm not. I want to do a three camera sitcom. I want to be on this CBS Radford lot. I want to. Right. I wanna, like I want that. And so I was like, I was like, I'm just not going to come at it from a what's the pilot point of view i'm gonna come at it from like i'm gonna write a bunch of funny shit of scenes that i see in a in a show right and then i'm gonna give them to him and then get him to get like one of his writers one of his showrunners and go these are all the things that are happening in his life right how do we shoot this how do we make this into a tv show well you know i sold like five or six things and that that's kind of not how it works really yeah your buddy here's the you need a it's weird man how you have to you have to give them a premise that they can latch on to, and your buddy might be no, great so, at this. So no, so what? My like, I, I would love. So to he's call great him out. at that. Yeah. What he no? What no? Oh, he what he does? He changed the paradigm of. I wish I I want to say his name because he wants the credit, but I know him and he does not want this. He changed the paradigm of making TV. So one of the first projects he worked on was uh, Louis, right? And so, uh, what he does is he's good at uh, deficit funding, getting cheap crews. And letting the artists make whatever they want. The next project he worked on was Inside Amy Schumer. We're doing the that next, next one was Broad City. Wow. The next one was um, oh shit. He's done everything. So he changed the way they make TV uh, entirely. And and they wrote a big article on Friday, and he he just said, if I think this talent is funny, I'm not going to get in their way. And so something like Louis. I like, love that. By the way, the best executive I ever worked with were those guys. Oh, dude, he is the greatest fucking oh. guy. Like, like he just. I was in a meeting with him with a head writer of somewhere. I don't want to call it the head writer, but uh, my manager was there, my buddy was there, and this head writer, and we were interviewing him to write my pilot. And the guy was just being very dismissive, and my and my buddy was tapped out yeah. as soon as he saw dismissive. He was like, "This is the wrong guy." I know that. I'm still trying to get the guy to like me, you know, because that's me, and. uh so the guy goes. So can I just ask? Like, I'm like, what, what, what's this whole thing about? And my buddy goes, um, well, uh, I, what? I, let me tell you what I do. And he explains what the business paradigm of what he does. No one goes into anything with a contract. So everyone negotiates a contract once it's been sold. Right. So everyone has the best possible contract based on the product they make. So everyone works a tad bit harder, making sure that the product they make is exactly as great as they want it to be. Thusly, so in holy shit. He, yeah, he's. Dude, he is next level. And then the guy goes, "Does that even work?" And he goes, uh, "Well, I, just, I have a show right now. I just did called Search Party. It was on. It's on TBS. And Search Party went out, and there was a fucking bidding war for this. And it is it changed the game. And this guy heard Search Party and went, "Oh my, hold on, are you dot dot dot?" And he goes, "I am." And he was like. Oh my god! Oh my god! I saw that, and the, this fucking guy that was such a cunt to us was like, "I saw that pilot. That's fucking amazing. How did you do that?" And my buddy's like, "This this girl. I mean, he said the girl's name. I don't know her name, but he's like, she had an idea, and not me and my partner liked it, and we thought let's fucking make it the way they want to make it. I, let's not get in their way." And his wow. and his and his wife is fucking legit, an like a legit 
fucking talent when it comes right. to simply shepherding things like yeah. like meaningly meaning like uh like like writing she writes i think she directs she produces like she does everything but she she like like they did some big project with this big famous lady and they were like just let him do it and it fucking took off and so that's so he's been to you me- have to be careful like that that's a great idea uh sometimes uh, a buddy of mine zach ward who was on my brother on titus did a movie and i'm not going to tell you the guy's name but the guy the guy that he went into partnership with was such a cunt about he wanted he was like I'm the director he was that guy he wasn't like hey we're all yeah. doing something good guys balls to the wall we're all gonna do this my full buddy out. could give two you shits got, yeah you got he anybody. called me the other day he goes hey I'm in L A for a while he's doing uh, Roseanne he's yeah. he's he's producing Roseanne's reboot and so he's like I'm in L A for the next until December. He's like, let's go watch a Bucks game and get drunk. Yeah. And so I was like, done. So yeah, we go, I like the dude. We go and we, at 10 in the morning, have a few vodka sodas. And we just start talking. The, like, like I'm talking to my friend. I don't have to fucking worry that I'm going to turn him off t- to doing a project right. with me. I know, look, it, we're, we've known each other a very long time. And so, um, and so when, I'll tell you about the other project in a set when we get done. But, uh, but he was like, dude, let's just, look, I just want to hang out. I just want to do a project with you. I just love you. I, I think you're super talented, and I think you've been underutilized, and I just want to do whatever the fuck you want to do. So what do you want to do with this? We'll do this. We want to do this? We'll do this. And I was like, great. So I thought in the Louis Cons- pro- concept or, or in uh, construct, I was like, I'm just going to write funny shit that happens to me that I like. That'll show up. It'll, yeah, right. It'll show up as a show. You're right. It's good, it's and, not, and I, go, I and, take back what I said. You're right. And then, and then just I want – I don't – what I don't want is – I feel like every project I've been in – the show is the connective tissue. It's not the funny parts. Like, as opposed to, I want the funny parts to be highlighted and the connective tissue to be as weak as it needs to be. Like, I, I, I saw the pilot for Yes, Dear. I did not like the pilot. I mean, I thought the pilot was very premisey, which was fine. That was the first time Billy and I worked together. Was I did a, I did an episode of Yesterday with Billy. It's we, a more fun I ever had on that. Can I tell you that I auditioned to play that part as Billy in Yesteryear? Oh, really? And it went to Billy, and the guy, and I talked to Billy about this, but I was in a deal <laughs> at CBS at the time, yeah. and they're like, we want you to be a reoccurring on Yesteryear, and then we'll spin your character off from that. And I was like, oh, deal. And then Billy went in and murdered the audition, and I was like, and they're like, we're going to pass on that. Yeah. But, um... But oh, that's always great when they tell you you got the job and then you don't. I've had that happen twice. Top Gear, they told me I had the job, but then oh, really? I, my schedule with my kids was so weird. I go, uh, I go, I can only work every other week, and then the phone just went dead. Did we lose phone service? What happened? How come the shit doesn't ring anymore? The pilot of yesteryear was very connective tissuey, except for the end of it. Have you ever seen the pilot of yesteryear? No. It's the funniest pilot I've ever seen in my life. And I, Anthony Clark, I, man, I didn't enjoy the first. 15 or 14 minutes of it. The first two acts were just set up. It was set up for the end. Uh, Mike O'Malley comes out. They need a place to stay. They haven't told him yet or whatever. Um, They're staying with them. The girls should go to a spa day. We're going to take the kids to the park. And (laughs) Mike O'Malley says, fuck the park. Let's go to a casino. I know a casino. Anthony Clark's like, I don't know if I should do that. I don't know if I should do that. Oh, come on. Let's go. So they take the kids to a casino. Oh, wow. (laughs) And his baby has her first steps in the casino. And so they cut around, and on the casino floor, which happens to be green, they shoot the baby's first steps. But there's casino action all in the background. Oh, no. And they're like, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it. And so they cut back, and they're like, oh, my God, I can't show my wife this. And Mike O'Malley goes, don't worry. The carpet's green. I got a buddy who can do green screen. Oh, no. And so the girls come home for their play date, and he's got <laughs> – it is so funny. He goes – 
They go, hey, how was your day? And they go, great. We just went to the park, and, and the baby had the first steps. And they're like, shut up. Did you get it on tape? He goes, of course I got it on tape. Michael Malley runs in, and he goes, I got it on tape. And he puts the tape in, and it is perfect. <laughs> Until the baby's walking on grass, and they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's clearly been green screen, but you're like, it looks real. Right. And then the baby starts walking on the lake. And, walking, <laughs> and then it's walking by airplanes, and it's just B-roll of other shit. It was so fucking funny. And I was like, look, if you could have a pilot where you just had one funny fucking thing like that, right. where everyone was like, that's undeniable. That's unfucking deniable. Right. Then you could sell the, you could sell the show. I think I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know more about no, that. No, I don't know. I, I've you know I sold a bunch of shows, but you know I only I got uh, I had a reputation for being. You know, I'm just I'm kind of demanding when it comes to what I want, and 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 I and, and that's why I wish I had more of that. Again, I'm my. You have my phone number when you need it, and I'll because I've learned how far to go December without 15th. fucking up your yeah, December fifteenth. The, the rough draft for the machine will be done, and you're gonna have so much fun. By the way, it's the perfect timing. You're kind of off the drinking for a minute. You're yeah. gonna actually. This is the perfect time. Yeah. You know, I came here just to fix you. I, by the way, this was this was this was an intervention, a creative intervention. This was this was planned. Your entire your entire team called. Everyone me. floods in yeah, the man exactly. cave. Those guys we just love you a whole those bunch. Those guys have been filming. The guys. <laughs> that are building your pool they've been filming we just <laughs> everybody come in now because <laughs> oh, we know this is in you we know this is in you oh what if i do really accomplish all these things i've set out to accomplish in october my whole team's like uh we're actually gonna have a real intervention with you now <laughs> no you'll be happy they'll be, they'll be you'll be happy no, i can drink for 11 months and then have one october exactly. where I work. one october every october he's every, crazy he does more shit guy's fucking frenetic in october <laughs> Can't get him on the phone in February, but shit, October's through the fucking roof. Yeah, it'll be good. Well, I, we're doing we're doing the same thing. We're doing a pilot. We I, I wrote called the Devil's Music, um, and uh, we had all these friends that are in rock and tour with big giant bands, and we were sitting around talking one night, and they were telling these stories, and I I, I just my brain went, that's ah, the show. Yeah, and uh, it's about this tour manager who basically has been started his own record company. It, it ain't working. He's like he sold like thirty two thirty two hundred records last year with these shitty artists and. And the the record company calls him back in to go on tour, like like Live Nation calls him and says, "Hey, we got this problem. You're the best tour manager." I go, "I'm not the best tour manager." I, you know, basically, I basically this guy was around when a Blind Melon when Shannon Hoon died, and so he they, so the record company blamed him. He was on his honeymoon, and they yeah. blamed him, so he quit doing that, and they brought him back to deal with this this kid who's like this a combination of Axl Rose at his worst and Justin Bieber, and he's like this monster talent, but he's just a crazy asshole. So they bring this guy back in to tour with this kid to get him. To get because they don't care about the kid, they yeah. care about getting the concerts done. Yeah, and so uh, so anyway, that's called Devil's Music, and and that's we already finished the script. The script's done. The script's really good, and we now we're just coming up with the money to do it, and we're doing it ourselves. This is going to be an interesting couple months with us. I'm going to be sending you. I'll be sending you scenes. I'll be sending you. I'll send you the whole rough raft by December 15th. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I'm good at notes. I'm really good at like, I'm good at pitching stuff too. Yeah. You know. So and 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 I love to write. And by the way, you're going to love this. Have yeah. you ever written a whole full full movie script? I wrote. Uh, I've written two. Okay. But uh, I wrote one with a group of writers, and then I wrote one with a buddy. But uh, I like the process. Yeah, let, just go. Get, this is you, though. This machine yeah. thing is your legend. Yeah. This is your fucking legend, bro. So, so don't let anyone else piss on it. Fucking And deal. make it and make it everything you want it to be because it's on paper. And if it, if, it, if it can't be done, we can do it. But go as far as you want. Don't worry about production. Definitely just having it. a whorehouse scene where I just fucking make out with a bunch of fucking different women. 
I mean, I don't want to cheat on my wife. I wouldn't mind fucking around with other chicks, you know? I'm yeah. definitely having a sneak I love that, that. your entire thing is not about the project. It's about the trappings of the project. I love, by the way, that should be a character, that should be a character trait of the machine. The reason he's on a cruise ship is to be on a fucking cruise ship. He's supposed to be doing security, but he's like, I get a fucking be on a cruise ship? A what, cruise. what could possibly happen on a cruise ship? I love that idea for a sequel. You know, and, yeah. and he's just like, no, I get to eat all day. There's a casino on the ship, and I'm going to shows every night, and there's women, single women all over, yeah. and then some horrible like nightmare like uh, like terrorist thing happens and he's got to handle it yeah we got the what, what are they the... go your security no why well, I, I mean yeah but <laughs> really <laughs> I, I could be very valuable to you guys i know where all the pinch zones in this boat are <laughs> uh, all right man well, so the movie is uh special, special unit. unit it comes out it'll be on itunes on uh wednesday uh we had a couple of offers from distributors but uh zach told me zach said dude he goes you can do all radio across the country you're gonna make more money on your own doing it so yeah. to you people out there listen man it ain't going to warner brothers or paramount it's actually going to combustion film so we can do the next one so you know and, and if it were this is just a model for you to do yours. Fuck yes. You know? Uh, I'm going to release this. It'll be out Tuesday night at midnight. So right now, you can go to iTunes and get this fucking movie. Right fucking now, everybody. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It'll be uh, iTunes or go to ChristopherTitus.com. iTunes takes 30%. If you want to go to ChristopherTitus.com, it goes through VHX and the, and the company gets all the money. Go to ChristopherTitus.com. Thanks, brother. brother right. I love you, man. Thank uh, you for doing man. this. Thanks. I appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.